Deep Agent, the key to spying is to hide the knowledge that you're a spy, even from yourself. Remember, even when you think you're alone, you almost never are. Judith Faber, Comstar, 3057. You're listening to Wolfnet Radio, the show that arrives to you with free shipping. I will be your host this evening, Matthew, nothing is for certain, Bloodbath Barons, and co-host tonight, as always, Andrew Casual Minnow Crawl. Good evening, guys. And cousin with the most, Aaron, you got an Ebon Jaguar, Coach Crawl. You have an Ebon Jaguar? <laughs> Bueller. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need it now. I got one. Tommy hooked me up. <laughs> and Luke stealing a clan warship, Charles Gideon Dirks. Good evening, everybody. And Thomas bring the pain, Silent Sea Raven Kruger. I did bring the pain. And tonight. Did you, though? Ooh, did he? I, I said bring the pain to Matt. Oh, okay. God damn it. Oh. <laughs> Sun shines on a dog's ass once in a while. And yes. special guest tonight, the purveyor of all things Battletech and longtime supporter of high-quality content creators and us, Derek the Pillager King. Welcome to hey the show. Hey, guys. How you doing? Excellent. Pillager Good. King. Yes. That makes way better. <laughs> Sounds way better. <laughs> Pillager King. Oh, the king of pillaging. <laughs> I just got a cool box in the mail, too. It was like a bunch of ghost bear decals. Thank you very much. Most welcome. Thank you. Yeah, so for those of you who might not know who you are, Derek, uh, well, maybe not by your name, but how would everyone know you who doesn't know you by name? Uh, I am the owner of Ares Games and Miniatures, your one-stop shop for anything Battletech. Ares, buy it. <laughs> we got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this means we don't have to do it the rest of the show, right? And <laughs> Yeah, we're good. End it. And Down- download yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, because anywhere from this point on forward, it's going to get boring. Aww. <laughs> No, don't say I mean, it. Fine. Jeez. <laughs> Ruin the surprise. Okay, fine. It'll be better than the audio quality of your first seven episodes. Whoa. I'm going to agree with that. I'm going to agree with that. That's, that's I mean, good. he's not wrong. That's why it hurts. <laughs> yeah. well, it, actually, it's all... kind of encouraging because we've gotten better. Yeah. It's kind of funny because I always see you guys post about that where somebody's new starts listening. <laughs> and it's like, please excuse the audience. Like, you know, it wasn't really that bad. I got no. rid of that computer, by the way. <laughs> we we uh we office spaced the shit out of that computer. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and we had to get re- we had to change through like how many different um, carriers too for the the recording systems. Like we went through four a bunch. Or five of them. We nice. went through oh, a bunch. That made us like rip headsets off in the middle of the night and throw them across the room, waiting for someone to try and get back <laughs> on the cast. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, hey, let's let's relax here because Craig's given us some problems here the last couple of episodes too. So he sure has. That's true. But That's so OBS. we're not over the hill yet. <laughs> OBS hasn't though. We've we've been having we've been doing this long enough that we're starting to circle back on the problems that we had to start with. <laughs> no, 
Oh, you guys are good. <laughs> uh, we have been doing this a long time. <laughs> All right, so let's start with some questions. Derek, how did you get into a retail distribution company? How did you how did you make your company? Um, grabbed a credit card, said here, charge me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it it actually uh was something I've been planning on doing for years prior. Uh, I have been playing Battletech since 1985, and yes, I am Woo! that old. Wow. So it, I started right after Battle Droids transitioned to the very first Battletech box set. My mom took me over to a hobby store, and she's like, hey, let's go out, blah, blah, blah. And we drove over and walked in, and the very first thing I saw on the shelf was the original TRO-3025. And because I knew what the Gulag pod was from Robotech, I saw that on there. I was like, mom, mom, I want this. And it was just downhill from there. That's cool. All right. So later on, just had some free time. I was like, you know, this would actually be a nice little side gig, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month, a little extra pocket money, whatever. Yeah. I had no idea it was going to blow up like this. <laughs> and when, when did you notice it was starting to blow up? What was kind of a, your um, indicator? I would probably say 2018, 2019, right around there is when it really started to skyrocket just before the Kickstarter started and probably because of word of mouth. But when that Kickstarter came in and all those new people started going, it just went nuts from there. So it was pretty steady up to that point. Now, you have phenomenal turnaround time oh, yeah. on orders. How uh, how how many hours a night? I mean, you got a full time job, and you got <laughs> how many? You got two, three little kids as well. Uh, yes, I have three boys that live with me. I also have a daughter that lives out in Kansas. She is twenty. Oh God, what is it? Twenty two right now. So she is twenty seven. So she's off on her own. Been on her own for probably the last seven or eight years. So she's doing good, but I've got a uh, eight-year-old son and twin six-year-olds. So yeah, I started early and finished late. And I see Luke's over here shaking his head like, dude, what the fuck? You were done. And you were you out. Again. <laughs> you were out. <laughs> you, you, you almost made it, man. I <laughs> right when I was about to get out, they pulled me back in. Oh, yeah. No, you don't get pulled in. You fall in. So... <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. you do know how this works right <laughs> yeah trip fell landed on never mind <laughs> the last boy scout <laughs> fair enough hey do you have any favorite factions or miniatures or characters yeah i've got a few um because i started so early uh not with the kids but with with battle tech um, I got indoctrinated into the whole, oh, Wolf Clan is the absolute best. And, you know, you get sucked into that line, unlike good old Tommy over here. Um, so <laughs> I was staying quiet. <laughs> yes. But no, seriously, uh, you know, you get sucked into that line because they, they concentrated a lot on that faction. And they did go off and they started concentrating on other factions with the Falcons in, in the Jade uh, Phoenix trilogy and then started concentrating a bit on the, the uh, Smoke Jaguars when they finished them off. But you really got hooked into the wolf story. So, of course, I'm like, oh, I'm a wolf clan guy, eh, you know, just loving every second of it. But then more source books come out and you get to see the homeworld clans and you read about the coyotes and the adders and the cobras and all that. Honestly, 
at this point in my life, I switch it back and I always say, I really love Star Adder, but Wolf Ooh. was where it started for me. Now, what, what, what do you, well, let me, what about, the, what about the Star Adders appeals to you? What, uh, what, what yeah. pulled you in? Yeah, yeah, you're, I think you're the only one who you're no. the you're the first star adder I've ever met in the wild. No, there's been some on Facebook. Oh, I'm well, sure there's. Oh, oh, you're human and hot. Eric's on Facebook too. No, uh, uh, I think CGL had to order uh, star adder T-shirts just for Derek because I don't <laughs> think anybody else got any of those in the Kickstarter. Oh, wow. Damn! Ouch! Jeez. Charles I mean, is feeling I'm a, a little I'm, I'm, bucky I'm, I'm tonight, Kel, isn't he? I'm, I'm a Kel Hound fan, so I mean, I are you? I, you, are you? I mean, I'll, I'll take my really? shots all day. What about I the am. Great Death? Such a Great Death. Well, them too. Mercenaries. <laughs> mercenaries. No, he likes both. Mercenaries. That's fine. And you know what? But, mercenaries is going to be a big concentration in the coming years. Yeah, that's right. But anyway, not to. I, I stepped you, all over. I stepped all over Andrew's question there. But why no, star adders? You're good. No, just the overall mindset and how they more or less compose themselves as warriors, and how they present themselves on the battlefield, and and the fact that they're a very thinking clan. They try to think out everything ahead of time. I mean, if you look back in like Operation Revival. Cassius Nabuda stood up and he addressed the entire clan council before they launched anything. And they're like, look, we need all the clans together. You know, you've got your Nova cats that are this, you've got the horses, which is our cavalry. You've got, uh, if I recall, the Jaguars were like the, the heavy hitters or whatever. I mean, he laid it all out on the line and then they laughed at him. It's like, oh, we can do this with four clans. Like, no, he had it right. <laughs> all right. Famous last words. Yep. That's Wait. cool. Cause I mean, We've talked about this before on the podcast as well, but I mean, it's really cool for you to, you know, those were just a couple of lines, right? That triggered for you something where you're like, hey, wait a minute, I need to get further into this, which just goes to show just the breadth and depth of all of the factions and how they're able to capture um, certain, you know, character traits or, you know, just how everything is conducted um people everyone finds finds a faction that they identify with yeah and i have to agree with charles you're like the first star adder guy i've i've have heard say i'm a star adder self-proclaimed remember dirk (laughs) self-proclaimed yeah no i i think you know maybe some people admit to it under duress but just freely admitting <laughs> that they're a star adder. I think no. this is the first, but I do. I really like your reasoning though. Yeah. Like, and that's like, like Andrew was saying, that's the cool thing is there's always a faction. And, and I think also your, um, intro with, uh, uh, clan wolf is very common because I, I oh, know, yeah. I think I started Davian went Lyran, then went Draconis combine and then Capellan Confederation never went free worlds. Never go free worlds. Um, <laughs> you went Capellan though. That changes oh, yeah. a lot. That changes my outlook on you a lot. Uh, now. Oh man, no. But but <sighs> I I read Binding Force and I thought that Eris Sung was so cool in the Warrior House idea and everything was so that, cool that that did put it, the hook it, in you. Yeah, maybe maybe the Capellans aren't so bad. And then I kept you know I just kept reading and after lots of self reflection. It's mercenaries all the way because 
they're the only honest people. They're the only they're the only people in the whole inner sphere who let you know why they're fighting. Everybody else is all sneaky about it, but mercenaries are like, "Yeah, you're gonna pay me. Cool, <laughs> I'm down for this." True. Here's my bill. <laughs> right. Oh, except the wolf dragoons, they don't count. No, they do count. So, do you have a favorite miniature or chassis or Oof. Um, vehicle? Overall looks, I absolutely love the carnivore. Okay, it is a badass tank. I don't, I don't get to play tanks much. My kids don't really want to do it yet. I'll, I'll blow them away sooner or later. But uh, <laughs> they, they're all about the mechs right now. But yeah, even when I was uh, playing in my prime, uh, no one really played vehicles back then either. You know, we would go to the hobby store every weekend friday night game saturday night game sometimes a sunday morning game and no one ever wanted to play vehicles but when this thing came out i was like okay i need at least a couple of these It'll just set them on my desk i don't care but uh as far as max there's just way too many i mean like a lot of people would say atlas but then you look at the new atlas it's like yeah the old atlas is not an atlas this one's an awesome atlas um I don't know, you know, it's it's hard to tell, especially with the newer sculpts. Like, no one ever really cared about the Sentinel. Everybody thought it was just this huge blob of lead. You look at the new one that um, Bishop Steiner did, and Ben knocked it out of the park. Yeah, it's... It makes me want to field those things. It's really a really cool-looking mech now, yeah. Yeah. It's not the so, egg. It's not the egg on legs. Oh, no, not at all. <sighs> so, uh, honestly, mech-wise, I would probably have to say... Pillager. Uh, no, the, the original Pillager from, I think it was Battle Technology. That's awesome. Uh, God, there's just way too many to even think about. I Honestly, I hate to say it, but the Timberwolf has always been one of my top ones. The um, Yeah, there's okay. just too many to pick. There really is. <laughs> did, did you have any favorite characters besides the one from Star Adder? Um... Sadly, Phelan. <laughs> when I, I look back, shooting back, shooting back. Okay. Yeah. I got you. It's like at the time, oh, this guy's cool. He's standing up to Vlad, all kinds of stuff. And now it's just like, wow, oh, God, why did I like him? Because eh, he gave in all the interrogation with the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> you were forced to like him. <laughs> yeah, true. Same thing with Natasha. I mean, immediately your whoa, mind wants to say whoa. Jamie Wolf and Natasha, and, and but they, they really kind of push those people on you. And, and of course you're going to like them. You know, I've That's never great. been a fan of like Grace and Carlisle or anything, but the great F Legion as a whole, it's cool. You know, it's just, it's how they present the character is really hard to wrap your head around sometimes or other times it just hooks you and sinks you right in. You sure you don't like Mel, Melvina Hazen? No. <laughs> what about Joanna? I, I feel like that's a leap going from, you know, I don't really care for the, the, the biggest, you know, names from the, uh, you know, early 90s to, oh, I like Melvina Hazen. That is a total yeah. like, leap <laughs> of logic there. Only psychotic <laughs> people like that. <laughs> I appreciate the effort, though, Tommy. That was that was a good shot. <laughs> Joanna's OK until she kills off Natasha. That's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's a boot to the face. Uh, uh, honestly, it's it, it, there's so many characters out there. I would probably say Hans Davian. Ooh, 
the way okay. he charges in and takes out the death commandos. <laughs> when they attack the new Avalon, yeah. Yes, that was probably one of my best things in books that I read when I was younger. I was like, oh, he just got in the got into his mech and just blew the shit out of people. So during your typical day or week or month, like how many boxes of packages are you like sending out in the mail? Oh God. Uh, once in a while, there's a slow day and I'd probably say it's probably like 20 a day. Um, but busy days, I'm probably <laughs> chucking 40, 50 packages a day. That's there's been bad. times on the weekends where I'd have to drive up to the post office because they have a 24 hour drop in and put it all. Uh, no, I was saying that uh, sometimes on the weekends, I'll have to drive up after the post office is closed up into another city because they have a 24-hour drop-in there. We don't down here. And I'll put as much as I can in there until it locks up. And then <laughs> Monday morning, I'll have more to put in there. And it locks up. And I got to go back after lunch. It's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> so it wow. has like a, like a capacity limit. <laughs> yeah, it gets to a certain they, – they, what it is, they have a cart on the other side. And when it gets up to a certain limit, there's a like a lever. And it gets pushed up, and that locks the bin the next time it closes. Wow. That's not cool. Eh. All of a sudden, it's like, yeah, because it's plastic. Oh, yeah, that's it. happened. Get down to the last box. And I'm like, no, come on. I don't want to come back at lunch. <laughs> so so what you're saying is, like, your local post office, everybody there knows who you are. Yes, I'm on first-name basis with my current like local carrier that comes to the house and all the time and we'll just sit there and bs for like 10 or 15 minutes and make her late on the rest of her route so <laughs> <laughs> but she's really cool nice what uh i i asked this to like everybody that handles uh decals like what faction do you sell the most for decals do you think sorry you froze up there what was that what faction of decal do you think you sell the most of? Oh, God. Um, probably either Wolf, Smoke Jaguars, House David, and House Karita. And I would probably say Magistry of Canopus is right behind. Nice. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Matt won't tell you, but he's really just trying to get an idea of what kind of factions people are going to show up to tournaments with. So, <laughs> right? Well, I don't if you want, if you want, I've got playing. my sales list open right now. <laughs> who, are, who are the players? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're not going to burn that bridge. <laughs> I know, but um, that is cool data to see anonymously, like what factions and lists are being popular. That is kind of cool. Yeah, Where's I've help? seen. Oh, go ahead. I'm up. Oh, okay. Uh, I was just gonna say I've seen a lot of um, Steiner lists going out lately, and let's see what else has been going lately. That's cool. I would Bed probably. Mm, you know what? I actually had some Federated Commonwealth uh, decals go out the other day with some mechs. Um, uh, I'd probably <clears throat> say a lot of wolves, and there was a guy that had just a straight coyote list like Ooh, there was good. 15 mechs and it was all just straight coyote with a couple that you could use elsewhere but then he bought coyote decals too i was like oh you're gonna have fun <laughs> so now, one well go ahead go ahead no i think we're probably gonna ask the same question and i think it's a question you've asked before of in the group so you go ahead uh i was going to ask that we have kind of been at this now three years, right? Yep. 
Mm-hmm. And I think we've had the 350 rules out for a year and a half, one year, one year. Well, yeah, a year and a half. Year and a half. The the thing that we're always curious about is after after getting that the 350 rules out, have you seen a, a, a change in vehicle and infantry sales? Uh, I would have to look back at the numbers to make sure, but I have seen a very large increase over the last, I'd probably say two years, roughly. So it might have a correlation. Interesting. Okay. Especially with infantry. When I first started carrying infantry, I got like six or 12 at a time trying to keep it around, you know, numbers that people I thought would buy and they would sell out right away. I'm like, okay, what am I missing here? So I'd order in another batch and they would sell right away. I'm like, okay, I'll double it this time. You know, because you never know what's really going to sell. I'll, I'll order in, like, for instance, the Commandos. I think I ordered in 72 of the new Sculpt Commandos from Ironwind Metals. I'm still on my first order. But the okay. Thunderbolts, I've probably sold 100 and, I want to say like 180, maybe 190. I've had to order multiple times. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah, those are neat metrics when you start to look at the numbers and the time periods and what is happening. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, no, I would, but that is exactly the question I was going to ask Andrew. Because wow, uh, <laughs> maybe think about it because because I mean, and not and not because of necessarily three hundred and fifty, but Alpha Strike has definitely been getting more and more yes. uh, oh, yeah. prominent. Yeah. So you know, just then people are like, oh, I can field infantry and not have to learn an extra twenty pages of rules or or whatever. <laughs> so then people are like, ah, I want to throw them on the board, see you know, see how they play. So I was just yeah, just curious if. If uh, that increased, although I will also, I kind of uh, didn't say it earlier, but I find it really interesting about favorite mini and you jump immediately to a vehicle. I think that's really, I don't know, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, and when when I read what the carnivore did in Hour of the Wolf, it's like, dude, this is awesome. <laughs> Fratricide. That is yep. an amazing miniature, so. <laughs> oh, it is, and it's huge. It is yeah. just too one and a half, almost two hexes. It's like, God, can you make this any bigger? Yeah, you Which, definitely know it's rolling up on you. Oh, yeah. And from what I understand, and Andrew, you can confirm this, the vehicles that are coming out, rumor has it, they are going to be much larger. Uh, you know what? I did not have a hex base underneath them, but they're chunky. Good. The, uh, they're, they're, they're... Think... Think like the Behemoth Two, right? Mm-hmm. That chunk, but not that massive. Okay. Hmm. Is is how it is kind of how they spoke to me, especially the new Demolisher that I saw. Um, yeah. That thing is really really cool. Yeah. Um, the Antos as well. We we got to see that one, but they they were just thick and chunky. Good. Which were really, they were really cool. I, I really, I'm looking forward to them. Yeah, Anthony, Dale, Ray, the whole team is just knocking these things out of the park. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are. <clears throat> where do you feel the universe is going for BattleTech lately? Where do you, where do you see it moving to? Definitely not down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 10, 15 <laughs> years ago. Well, probably, yeah, 15, 20 years ago, more so like it. Can, can, we but, finally, can we finally say, like, the, the dying game is no more? It's 
the new hotness? You know, it's kind of funny because my niece got married last weekend and I'm sitting at a table with my sister's husband's sister's husband. So, (laughs) yeah, circle that one around. And we're just talking about all kinds of stuff. And his wife comes over and she goes, so what are you doing now? And we're talking and talking and talking. And and I said, you know, hey, I run my own store online. You know, I got that on the side. And she goes, oh, well, what do you do? And I was like, well, you might not have heard of it before, but I, I sell this stuff that I used to play way back in like the 80s. And it almost died off and it's picked back up. And I run my own store and, and it's called a game called Battletech. And her husband smacks me in the arm and goes, Battletech? I used to play that at game stores. I was like, no shit. You know, <laughs> I'm at my niece's wedding and my brother-in-law is just looking at me like, what, you didn't know? It's like, no, dude. (laughs) Nice. I I would say there's still a following out there for sure. Even for the older crowd and like newer character or newer players coming in, not just from the mass 40k Exodus, but there's other game systems that cross over a little bit. And then they see Battletech taken off on the Kickstarter and it's being plastered all over social media. And people say, hey, this game is still alive. It's like, yeah, it never died. It almost did, but it hasn't. But it's kicking full gear now. So you made a comment there about the 40K Exodus. Is that, that's a thing, right? I, I, oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, we hear about it. And, you know, there are questions and things like that that come up on the various different Facebooks. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you never have, there's always rumor, right? Or there's yeah. always... Because there's always something like that going on with 40K. Oh, yeah. And it's it's hard to pin down what exactly happened, but I have a rough idea. You know? Okay. I just, I mean, if we have numbers coming to, you know, to our game, awesome. I mean, that's that's just good news for all of us. So, yeah. um, it, it just, it's, I'm just curious because, you know, you hear it, but I don't really ever, you don't have a way to, to validate it. Right. I had a, I had a few customers say that they used to play back in the day, but then they stopped because they thought the game had died and they were concentrating strictly on 40 K and that they're glad to see it's still alive. And they said a few things about the Exodus, you know, um, games workshop did this games workshop did that. I mean, they, they put a big smackdown on using any type of non sellable units in their games. Huh? And, you know, they, they started cracking down really hard on uh, 3D printed stuff and they would kick you out of the store if you even showed it in your case. And I mean, half of it, I'm going to say is rumor. The other half, there's obviously some truth to every rumor. You just don't know. But these guys are just like, oh, well, you know what? I'm, I'm stopping 40K. I'm selling all my stuff off. I'm going to use that to buy a bunch of stuff for Battletech. And sure enough, three, four weeks later, here's an order from that same person. I'm like, holy crap, he did. No, no kidding. Okay, great. <clears throat> that that's interesting to hear, though, because you know, with the three hundred and fifty rule set, you know, we we've drawn a line in the sand. I mean, this this kind of goes to the zoomer, right? I mean, we can talk yeah. about that. Oh, that's um, fine. which is awesome. It Thank you. turned out phenomenal, but yeah, it I was, do wish it was bigger. But I, I totally get I know, size. I know. And it's like, damn it, I wanted all five of those elementals on there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I'd be curious about your thoughts. Um, being a retail, uh, being a reseller, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, we have, I think, done... Uh, I can't say it that way. We have... Yes, you um, can toot your we've, horn. No, no, no. We, we've drawn a line in the sand, and, and it's kind of been a hill we've died on, really. On, you know, making sure that we support the IP and that you're having, you know, miniatures that are, you know, supporting the IP, they're official, all of that. Um, now we hear, you know, just hearing this from 40K people that they're leaving that game because of, you know, this disruptive technology called 3D printing or, uh, you know, being able to field different miniatures. I mean, Stratos Miniatures and Steel Warrior Studios and Thunderhead Studios, you know, they all have mecha, design, Death Ray Designs, you know, they have mecha vehicles as well. As a retailer, where, do, just as a question, where do you stand? I mean, what do you think about, you know, supporting the IP? Is it strictly good for official miniatures or, you know, should you branch, should you be allowed to bring whatever you want to the table? Um, when it comes to official play, I 100% agree that it needs to be official. Now, in a situation like you and I were talking, your guys is technically official, but you're not actually running it for Catalyst, although you're, you know, I believe all of you are demo agents, right? Or no, just you, just, Andrew? Just I am. Okay. All right. Sorry. I thought all you guys were for some reason. Hell no. It was at one time. Okay. But, you know, if you're running as a demo agent, yes, it has to be official. But if you're just running a straight 350 with friends, do what you want. You know, it, it doesn't really matter as long as everybody agrees to it. And it goes back to your guys' rule. Don't be a dick. But I see the whole third-party thing good for having your own custom units. But if you're going to play an official event, whether it be an AS350 event with you guys or an official event at Catalyst, at Gen Con, at Origins, whatever... It's got to be official because you need to be there to support the game with the people that make the game. Don't throw this, hey, look at this cool miniature I got from so-and-so. Don't throw that in their face. They're not going to appreciate that. <laughs> okay. Right on. Well, yeah. and, and that's been, uh, especially now after post-Kickstarter and post-shipping uh, delays, yeah. now that, like most of my my local game shops have some sort of battle tech on the shelf it's really i i guess my point has always been i i hope people have, use official minis because if i'm a new player and i'm like hey what are you guys playing that looks cool and then i you know and and the answer i get of where do i get that is oh well you have to 3d print it you have to yeah. 3d print it in order to get a cool looking mini uh, you know, it just does it, It's a lot. I, I think it's just better for the the game, the culture, the the fandom in general to be able to point at the shelf and go right, right there. You can no, pick, agreed. You can pick if, that up. Yeah, when when it comes to let's say buying an atlas off the shelf or going and three D printing the atlas that you downloaded from Yegi or Thingiverse or whomever, and now, granted, someone took their time. They spent a lot of time and effort trying to design it, but it's still a ripoff of the IP because it looks exactly like this in particular atlas. You're screwing the company that you want to play the game with. Why would you do that? And, you know, that's 
it's a very it's a fine line. <laughs> it's, it's it's a very touchy subject, right? Yes, because yeah. there are there there are a lot of folks that are in a certain respect. I mean, I can I I understand what it is that they're saying and, and the stance that they're taking on. Well, I want to express my artistic uh, value or or you know my artism in in building this thing up oh, and yeah. being able to print it. And, you know, the, the thought of, well, I can print all my miniatures. Why do I need to go buy them? Right. Right. And, and to a point, yes, I get that. But at the same time, you still have to buy the printer. You still have to go buy the resin. You still have to have the computer and the time and everything to get it all done. You know, if you have all of that and we have an official format of playing, I have a hard time passing or or just saying mm, you get a pass because you're doing all of that if you have all the time to be able to do all of that because that was one of the things that we took into consideration when we built 350 we did not want it to be like 40k where you had to drop a thousand dollars to have a good army to come to come play this 350 you can get away with 200 bucks not even um, so that's, that's where I start to struggle with things a little bit every now and then, but I yeah. do understand that it's, there are some, you know, hardcore diehard proponents of 3d printing and I, I totally get it at the same time. We have to support the game that, yeah. that does this for us. So how do you how do you weigh that? How do you judge that? It's right. it's always a difficult that, that's always a difficult thing, and somebody's always going to walk away butthurt or upset because somebody isn't seeing it their way. I I see it. We do. It's just oh, yeah, you see it all the time. Yeah, and just for clarity's sake, I, I'm talking with what I had just said from the aspect of reselling like if someone goes through the effort and all that and they start selling all these prints because they can if you want to print your own and you use it for your own game and that's that's fine that's more or less creative license i'm not an ip lawyer or anything thank god i'd probably be going insane (laughs) but you know if you want to use it for your own game and you designed it yourself and you put your time into it you printed it yourself and it did not leave your possession that's different than hey I've got the skills to do this. Let me sell like 5,000 of these things to everybody because they're cool and I can pose it differently. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And I think there's also that consideration as well that if there's a company that already, you know, makes this stuff and it's being, you know, dedicated to Battletech. Yeah. If we don't support that company that's making it, it will go. It, it'll disappear. Yep. And You'll if put it, it right disappears, back where it was. And if it disappears, it'll be dead. Oh so yeah. If you know, by theory, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but <clears> right. <throat> if if by theory that everything starts to be printed, instead of you know the company who makes the money to keep it going. If the printing puts it out of business, then effectively the printing may destroy the the companies that are trying to keep it going. Right, and and, and I hate for that. that to happen. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And at the price that the force packs are at, it's really hard to argue to go buy this third-party miniature that you can get one of in this pack with a couple other things for a few bucks more. Right. I is completely affordable for me. Oh yeah. Because I, I, I am particular about what I what I order, um, so that I can I can use it for fun and for the purposes of <clears throat> you know staying within the the updates. Yeah. And I don't like to buy everything, so I it's it's good and it's affordable and it's got some flavor and it's got some variety and I couldn't be happier where we're at right now and looking forward to the future that what can be. Gotcha. So uh, Derek, what what do you think one of the hardest things to keep in stock is right now? Alpha Strike Commander's Edition. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, I, I kid you not. I, I can order a good 50 of those, and they'll be gone. And then the distributor's just like, oh, we're waiting for Catalyst to send them back to us. It's either that or it's the neoprene mats. As soon as I get them in, they're gone almost right away. And then I go to distribution to reorder when I get low. And it's like, dude, you don't have any. What the hell's going on? <laughs> Crickets. Uh, no, that's that's a good thing, right? I mean, I mean, it's it's a bad thing for you being a reseller, but it's a good thing for the game. Oh yeah, that big time. If, if they if they can't keep it on the shelves, that's pretty pretty spectacular. Yeah. If it could just even out a little bit, where there's just enough to keep all the orders filled, that would be even better. Yes and no, because if you oh, still well. have stock on your shelf, then it's not selling that well. If you buy 50 of something, knowing that you're going to sell at least half of those and they take a few days to sell out, you know it's doing good. The problem is not having that stock distribution to reorder more. Because then people are like, hey, when are you getting this back in? I have no idea. Catalyst doesn't do ETAs. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's like, what am I going to tell them? Interesting. And I, I get why they don't. Because if they say, hey, uh, for instance, oh, God, what book was it? Um, was it Eel Clan that was delayed a couple weeks? Because they were selling it exclusively on their website. It was a, I don't remember couple, exactly which book a, it was. Ill Clan? Did you just say Ill Clan was delayed a couple of weeks? Wasn't yeah, that yeah. like 10 years? You know what I mean. So it, <laughs> so it went on their website, and I, and I get why they do it this way, because they want to keep some money to themselves. That's great. It's perfectly fine. I don't have a problem with it. Safety but net. the street date was whatever date it was. It went up on their website that day. Okay, great. So I contact my distributor. I'm like, hey, where's my pre-order for these books? They haven't come in yet. Check back in a few days. Same problem. Check back in a few more days. Same problem. Check back in a couple weeks. Same problem. It was like three, four, five weeks later that they finally released the book to distribution. And again, I get why they do it. They want to keep some what? of the money miniatures and the profit to themselves. They want to go ahead and, and keep that to themselves, fund more miniatures or more books, pay their artists. Great. I fully agree. But then don't say the book streets on this day. You know, okay. say, hey, it'll be available on our website this date and then available in distribution this date. Fair. Yeah. That would be a lot more helpful, huh? Clear, 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 clearer communication. Yeah. Well, and I wonder if uh, maybe they picked up on that because the uh, uh, the new mercenary force packs they're, they're they're being more clear about hey this is 
this is where you can get this thing yeah. rather than just saying, oh, we're going to release it on whatever day or this quarter or whatever. They're saying, no, this is going to be uh, our website exclusive or this is going to be this distribution exclusive. And so that way, yeah, because I think uh, uh, like on the uh, Discord, uh, I, I'll see all the time where people are hitting you up and saying, hey, why don't you have this? And you're like, nobody yeah. has it. Like, <laughs> it's not a me thing. It's a, it's an everybody thing. So, yep. Uh, just wanted to know, Derek, uh, one of my questions, how often do you get to roll dice? Um, right now training the kids every weekend. Oh, uh, nice. I do have a local guy that I, I play with. His name's Joe Vozar. I believe he listens to you guys too. So shout out to him. Uh, we get together once in a while. It's been quite a while since we've been able to play his schedule. My schedule could just never line up. So game wise, it's been a while. Um, kids wise every weekend. <laughs> Nice. That's awesome. No, no, it's not because <laughs> you know I can't just go in there and blow the crap out of them. I got to keep them hooked in the game for a little while. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, my uh, one of the twins, Connor, he was in a Victor, and this kid was it, it was the forested map and everything, and he's just jumping around like a freaking bean. And I end up taking an Annihilator Gosszilla because he wanted to see what it was like. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna rip your Victor apart. Part. you don't want and of course you know you've got the forest to contend with and a two three movement it's like oh god this sucks it was brutal i could not move obviously for anything and he's jumping around all over the place i'm like okay maybe this actually was a pretty decent matchup and then i blew up his goss rifle i was like oh shit Ooh. so <laughs> i was like now he's down Oops. to what two medium pulse lasers and an sr4 if i recall and i was like connor come on in <laughs> yeah pretty much i was like connor if you want to go ahead and pull off the board, that's fine. Now, this is one of the three kids that is the most emotional, and he'll cry about a lot of stuff very easily. You know, he gets his feelings hurt real easy. He's not as tough as the other two, and he's a really good kid, but he's very soft in that area. But he looks at me and goes, no, I want to keep playing. I'm like, okay, are you sure? You know, I literally tried to get, talk this kid out of it. <laughs> It's like, you're going to get anywhere near me, and I'm going to rip you apart. This kid goes on. I end up taking out Mason, the oldest. I took him out. I, I think he had a Xanthos, so I, I popped him in the head. He didn't even get to fire. Oh, no. <laughs> he was not happy. Oh, no. <laughs> He's like, I didn't get to jump or anything. I was like, dude, you're sorry. So Connor is jumping and jumping and jumping. He jumps around by his brother. Shoots him twice in the head with both medium pulse lasers. <laughs> oh, jeez. Takes him down. Wow. And I'm like, okay, come at me. And he's like, no, I'm going to keep jumping around. And, of course, the Annihilator, you can't move for crap. He ends up jumping behind me. I'm like, okay, I'm primarily safe. Rolls for a medium pulse laser. If I recall, he needed a nine. He rolls. He gets it. Pops me in the head. Oh, I'm like, you little shit. So I'm like, okay, fine. That's fine. I still got plenty of armor. Whatever. Connor, if you don't kill me in this round, I'm going to turn an arm around and I need like fives to hit you because you didn't jump far enough. He's like, okay. Rolls his next medium pull. Or no, he rolled his SRM next. Missed. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> he rolls his next medium pulse laser. Hits. In the head again. 
I'm like, what are you doing? Let me see your Jeez. dice. Yeah, let me see your <laughs> dice. You and the bad thing is, I just gave him those dice before that game. Were they Kickstarter dice? No, thank God. <laughs> no, they were a you brand can... new pair of Chessex dice. He saw them on the, on the, the table, and he's like, Dan? It's like, yeah. He's like, you got a lot of dice. I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> can I have these? I was like, you know what? You're going to need your own dice at some point. Bring your brothers down here. You guys can all pick dice. Of course, this kid picks weighted dice and keeps rolling 12s. Yeah. <laughs> so now we call him Head Capper. Four headshots in one game. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. We call and, him Head Capper. Mason oh, is man. Mr. Critical because he every time Mr. he gets a crit. I like that. Yeah, every time this kid gets a hit <laughs> and gets a critical, he rolls two or three criticals at a time. That's not fair. No, it's not. From an eight-year-old? Come on. <laughs> You're creating monsters. That's awesome. So, yes. Note to Mason's, self, don't I, I, play with Derek's kids. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I, I kid you not. I had him for his his uh, seventh birthday. I had him down here in the office because I got the table all set up and everything, and I cleared it off of all my shipping stuff, laid out the mat, put all kinds of city stuff out all there. I ran uh, Bloodass Prime and a Barak. He ran Ooh. an Executioner, and I don't remember which variant, and a Timberwolf Prime. And I've got him on the ropes the entire game. I take out his <laughs> Executioner with a headshot. And of course, we're playing Zelbrian, so we're shooting one-on-one with each other. So now my Barak's just sitting there while my Blood Asp is running around with his Timberwolf, and his Timberwolf's getting chewed up. This kid hits me Oh God, I want to say it was like five or six times in the center torso. I'm like, God damn it. You got in like twice or three times. So he rolls and he takes out my engine and my gyro because I let him roll all of his criticals at the same time. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm down to a Barack and a very worn up uh, a Timberwolf. What's this going to do? So I come in there and I've got like maybe 10 or 15 points of damage on the Barack and his Timberwolf is hanging on by a thread. He takes out my Burrock with a headshot. I'm like, oh my Jeez. god, I don't like you anymore, boy. <laughs> you are not my favorite son anymore. No, I'm going to switch to the other two. Definitely not playing with you guys. <laughs> doesn't, let you... Daddy, doesn't let daddy win. What no, have, have him stand next to you at a game. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. like breathe okay, on my son. dice, son. Do, do the thing. <laughs> And the guy's like, what's your kid standing next to you for? Oh, you'll find out. Yeah, he's my critical roller. <laughs> and the one on my left is the headshot boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was entertaining. And it was good that it was his seventh birthday. Because they is the 12th, and my dad died on the 1st. So... Medium it, lasers? Look Jesus. at the two. That's the one I was running. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at that, too. <laughs> so, are, what, when are you going to start selling your kids' dice on the website? <laughs> that, that's you know, that's, no, I was thinking about doing that on, like, maybe OnlyFans or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they could be, like, a discount set, used only a few times, killed multiple mechs. <laughs> you might smell keep, a little their kids you know, I might know. Have something sticky keep, on them keep, tally, keep tallies of uh, 2d6s 
He's I know had players, 17 yeah. headshots. Yeah. Players would buy those. Oh, I yeah. doubt it. Yeah. yeah. You know, actually, one of them, I had a customer contact me that day. He's down from Canada in the States. He's like, hey, when are you going to have these dice back in stock? I was like, I honestly don't know. You know, I'm waiting for uh, to hit that free shipping from Chessex, and it's kind of hard when you're dealing with dice. So I just ordered them in for my distributor and paid more. But unfortunately, he tells me, oh, well, I'm leaving tomorrow. I was like, okay, well, I can't cancel the order now. And he's like, yeah, these are a good replacement for the ones they discontinued that are going for $100 for a polyhedral set on eBay. I was like, what? Oh, really? Yeah, $100 for some translucent green dice on eBay? Uh, I'm in the wrong business. (laughs) (laughs) What brand were those? (laughs) Uh, Chessex. They were discontinued. Dang. And guys like, yeah, they discontinued these years ago, but now they're bringing out a new set that just came out and they're basically the same thing. They're just re-releasing them. I was like, but you're seeing these sold on eBay for a hundred? What the hell? Speaking speaking of dice, um, uh, I, uh, I might I might need to get an order from you for a whole bunch of blue and red uh, 20-sided die. We're going to okay. need, those, need those for the bunkers for the tournament, so... Um, I just don't know how to get those in quantity, and now you're talking dice, and I'm like, ooh, I know a guy. So yeah, remind me, remind me later this week. We should talk about that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so this question is going to kind of roll in with uh, some of the news that dropped uh, basically what a month ago, maybe yep. three weeks ago. Okay. Uh, especially with the the mercenary mech packs that are exclusive through certain you know i think there's a barnes and noble there's an yep. alliance games yep um acd acd there there you go so what as a third party distributor what is your one thought process on it and two how do you gauge that for the health of battletech um as far as i mean obviously spreading... it's not great for you but yeah, is for spreading them around. That's great because it's going to cause people that only deal with ACD or only deal with Alliance the ability to order something in for them instead of saying, "Hey, these are all going to be available from this distributor," because that'll screw a few shops out. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see them spread that around. Um, as far as for the health, I don't really see it being much of a problem because that can draw business into someone's store. But then what if you're in, you know, God knows where, Iowa, and (laughs) there's no score for like 200 miles, you know? You know, when I was growing up, the, the, all the stores that we had in our area, there was four game stores and they all closed down. The closest one when I was 16 was like a half an hour or 45 minute drive. And your parents letting a 16 year old take their car out (laughs) for that? No, that doesn't happen. So, you know, I don't know. Aaron Aaron's first con- convention was he drove up to Fargo and spent a weekend with me. And I don't I still don't know how your mother let you do that. I don't maybe she didn't let me do that. She didn't know. Maybe that was just like I told her I was going to a friend's house and just didn't show up for a couple of days. She pinned a twenty dollar bill to your shirt and said, Hey, good luck. I think she had a lot more I think she had a lot more faith and trust in you, Andrew, than uh, she probably should have. <laughs> hey, I took I took good damn care of you guys. Oh yeah, you did. You did all right. I don't think in the in the context that she thought you were going to, but uh 
Dude, we were taken I'm, care of already. I am not. I'm not even. Getting, should we even go into the story of Sunday nope. night when we closed down? <laughs> Do it. So, so, so I got to. This was a ValleyCon in Fargo. In Fargo, 1998, and um, Mike Stackpole and Liz Danforth were there, and I got to kind of be. I chaperoned them around all weekend. And uh, it's small, it's smaller-ish convention in Fargo uh, that they've been running for thirty some years or whatever. Great convention, um, had a, had a ball, had a blast. But Sunday night we're sit, we're closing down. My roommate was the president of the of the convention, and so I've been involved with a lot of other things. But as we're closing down, we're sitting around the table, we're having a drink and just kind of finishing up and Aaron's sitting next to me and you're, you were 16, I think at the time. Yeah. 16. And there happened to be a, a woman that was sitting there and she was in her, um, cosplay costume and her boob kept popping out of her well, bikini. Well. It's the first time I've ever seen a chainmail bikini. That's let's just go with that. It's a chainmail bikini, but her her boob kind of kept peeking in and out, in and out. And I every once I'd look over at him every once in a while, and I just see him sit there, kind of mouth agape, <laughs> she, she locked moved, on, she, locked on, staring at him and staring. And I have to elbow him every once in a while. I'm like, dude, close your mouth. <laughs> It's exactly, it's exactly how you think a sixteen-year-old oh. five feet away from a boob is. Uh, it was, act, you know, it like, was so awesome. And you know what? You'll never forget it. Oh, that that was a great weekend. It was a great weekend. Between that and a bald man in a top hat and a top half of a tuxedo, and then a speedo boxers. for the bottom half. Boxers. Oh, he wore boxers. Yeah. Speedo. That man oh. was wearing a speedo with the shirt tucked in. And his name was Skippy, and he had Skippy's teas, Long which were Island. an alcoholic drink. Long Island iced teas. Very alcoholic drink. <laughs> and I drank a lot of those. See, the bad part here is he remembers the guy in the <laughs> boxers more than he can recall the chainmail bikini. Because there was no boxers. This man had a top half, top half like he was going to the Queen's Hall. Uh, uh, ball and the bottom half he was ready for freaking Baywatch. I mean it was speedo yellow year, speedo. See, he even remembers the color. Beach. <laughs> it, he's a very hard person to forget. Let's uh-huh. just say that. I'll bet he, he, was, he, he was a pretty he was a pretty cool cat. Very influential uh person <laughs> in my life. So that, that was that was did we even play Battletech? I don't even remember playing Battletech that we I don't recall whether we did or not, to be honest. <laughs> you know, there's so many ways we can take that influential statement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably why it has his never mind. Speedo collection? What? My speedo oh. collection, yeah. Yeah. I did have one. <laughs> You like to party on the beach, man. I do like to party on the beach. That is my favorite type of party. Um, but going back to the question, it was just like, you know, a lot of people seeing seeing Battletech in Barnes & Noble was just like, oh my God, yeah. what is this? No, I is agree the game, on that is one. Is the game getting this big now? Um, 
you know, when that and, first happened, I was pretty surprised they went with Barnes and Noble. I was like, it's a bookstore. I get the book end of it, but the game part, okay, I could see it as an add-on. And it, you know what? It's worked out great for them. And Barnes, Barnes awesome. and Noble has very rapidly picked up where all the gaming stores are oh, yeah. dying off. Yeah. They're they're just give it to well, us. And I yeah, think they had to do doing, something. Yeah. Book sales yeah. are not so big anymore. No, no, they're not. So I mean, good for them. I, I think it's good to get Battletech exposure. Um, and that's one way to do it. So Yeah. Um But yeah, I I just everything happening so far, especially with this huge announcement that we're gonna get into, is just is just great for the entire game of Battletech. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, so far the guys that are running everything for the catalyst end of it have done a bang up job. Mm-hmm. Those are my two questions. Looks like we have one last question. Who had that one? Oh, uh, that was me. So, Derek, what's coming next for Ares? Oh, I can't tell you that. Oh, come on! (laughs) It'll be our little secret. (laughs) We won't tell anybody. This is supposed to be exclusive. Exclusive? Mm. What kind of exclusive news would I have? We get morsels from everybody. That's the only reason we have this show. (laughs) Let's see. I got more miniatures coming. Otherwise, nobody would listen to us. (sighs) That's true. They probably wouldn't get past the first six. No. There you go. (laughs) They wouldn't get past the first. They still download. I still don't understand why people download those episodes. Because Because I tell them to. Oh, that's it. Okay. (laughs) No, seriously. You know what? I actually tell people about your guys' channel and, and DFA and stuff. And it's like, hey, go listen to these guys. Sometimes the audio is not the greatest in the very beginning, but work your way through it. And it gets <laughs> phenomenally better right around seven or eight episodes in. And it's just a great group of guys shooting the shit with each other, having guests on and just having a good time. And sometimes I'll have people write back and be like, dude, you weren't kidding. These guys are awesome. They're hilarious. They they get along like they're all brothers or grew up all friends together. It's like, yeah, it's like all this your friends. Is, well, we got them all fooled then. And we're this doing is, a job. I know, this right? This is dumb. 79, <laughs> 79 people in the last month alone have downloaded episode one. So oh don't do that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yes, do that. It's our one, two, three, four. It's our fifth most downloaded episode this month. <laughs> do, you, do you know what that? Do you know what that shows? That shows that people are whistling, willing to listen to us improve. Well, <laughs> no, like every time on on uh, Facebook when somebody says, "Hey, I've been listening to the podcast, or the podcast," and I'm starting at the beginning, like part of me is just, <laughs> like, like like part of me just wants to like fist bump them and be like, you know what? You're dedicated. I, I just cringe every time I, I see that. that. <laughs> Whenever I hear that too, and I'm like, I wonder if they'll come back. <laughs> I think it'd be hilarious. All of a sudden, you hear somebody like, "Do you do dry heave?" Then <laughs> it's like, oh, "Why did you heard the like, first episode like that?" <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> see, and and I was I, I wasn't here here for those first few, so I I I just feel different about it. <laughs> well, and it sucks because the intro to the first like 25 episodes, it wasn't until someone literally messaged me. They're like, dude, change the Morris code. It is annoying. And I'm like, I hate your intro. Wow, that's right. That <laughs> is bad. And so I did change it for the better. Uh, been wondering where that went. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I was like, there used to be Morris code in the beginning, but now all they do is whiskey. 
Tango Foxtrot. You know, it's like, wow, okay. Because every once in a while, I'll forget to, like, tone the Morse code down. So, like, episode 26 is like... (laughs) (laughs) It just blows people's eardrums out. Yeah, people um, people start swerving in the lane when they're yeah. listening to it in the car. <laughs> Jesus, we could, have, we could have caused accidents. We don't know. That's fine. We, we we can call it an experimental advertising where we wanted everybody around them to know they were listening to the podcast, even if they had headphones on. Oh, <laughs> subliminal message. There you go. That's right. There you go. That, that, somewhere in lots of people's heads, that Morse code is ringing, and they're like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> you're just trying to teach people that's all well, so all right so back that. to your question <laughs> so uh, i'm gonna assume andrew that this is the one that we talked about sure what are you asking luke <laughs> i don't know maybe you got something cooler than what we talked about i don't know <sighs> Are there any things that you want to talk about, Derek? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Well, I guess you will hear it here first then. Yay! Yay! We get exclusive. <laughs> As of June 6th, this will be my one and only job. Oh. Whoa. Damn. I mean, are Excellent. we applauding that or is that a good I'm applauding it. I think that's awesome. It can be. Yeah, I'm awesome. going to give it. Yeah, I'm going to give it a full shot, see how things go. Uh, things have been improving quite well. I'm not going to lay all my eggs in the same basket, because if something happens to Battletech, I'll have to go back to the working world. But <laughs> we shall see how things work out. Um, I know my dad was very, very um, ecstatic when I started this. He's like, oh, this ought to be good for you. And then he saw the sales build year after year after year. And we had talked a couple times about me getting my own physical retail location. Uh, and he, not because he was my dad, but he was an extremely smart businessman. He took over his dad's furniture store when my dad was two months shy of turning 21 because my grandfather died. Um, so my dad had been working at that store since he was two months away from turning 21 and he stayed there until he was 76 years old. Wow. That man knew everything there could be about business. He read everything under the sun, newspapers, magazines. He would watch the news 24 seven and he would stay up until two, three o'clock in the morning, just reading or watching the news. And then he'd get up the next morning at like nine, nine 30 to make his butt over to work at 10. So anytime I've ever had a question, I asked him. And the one thing he said was, stay where you are. Don't get a retail location with the way the economy is going. If Biden ever becomes president, no, we won't go into politics. You know, <laughs> you're going to regret having a physical location, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so he did say that if I get to a certain point over a certain amount of time, it's time to take that jump. Because if you don't, you're going to lose out. So unfortunately, he's not here to see that now, but I'm going to do it. Dude, so I'm, my ecstatic. Last day, I'm ecstatic for you. That's all. Awesome. Oh, I'm nervous as shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Just talking about it. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, so June 3rd will be my last physical day at my job. And June, I'll still do what I do on the weekends and have fun with the kids and send stuff out. But June 6th, I'll be waking up to my own boss. <laughs> now, that's you and not your wife, right? 
Well, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> no, no, but so, hey, she works overnight, so she'll be sleeping. So technically, I'll be an unsupervised employee. Oh, <laughs> oh that's not good. <laughs> that's never good. No, it never should be good. fun, though. It should be fun. It, it's it's entertaining and scary and nerve-wracking all at the same time. Because I've been looking forward to this. You know, when I first started, I really thought it was just going to be a little cool side gig. But it is literally turned into a job. Currently, I'm probably pulling 18 to 19 hour days and getting about four or five hours of sleep. Wow. So, yeah, it's it's a little not going to get better. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Oh, I know. It's like having the twins all over again. It's like you're up all night long. It's like, oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, that's that's that'll be cool, man. I'm I'm excited for you. As am I. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Congratulations on on the, the leap. I, yeah. I, I guess I, I'm just trying to think for, from for all of your customers what that means for them because you already get orders out before yeah. they finish I'm the like, purchase. <laughs> so how are you good? Like, well, I'm just trying to think how this is going to affect. They the just consumers. get tracking. It doesn't mean <laughs> it's shipped yet. So that means if I'm here, I'll be able to get a lot of orders out same day. Ooh. I've already been, I've already had people say, hey, you're faster than Amazon. It's like, yeah, watch this. Hold, <laughs> beer. Hold my beer. Yeah, Hold June 6th, beer. here you go. <laughs> so, it, and it'll help trying to stay on top of orders and stuff. There, there's nights like tonight. So, um, there's a ton of orders waiting for me to to process and everything. And I still need to place orders. I got to check orders in. It, it gets a little hectic sometimes working a day job. But so, you I know, get through I just. It. I just thought of this, and I don't know how I feel about it anymore, because now you're falling into the 6th of June movement, and we I just don't care for them. Fine, call it June 4th. Because <laughs> <laughs> technically, my last day is June 3rd, so... <laughs> uh, okay, okay. 6th <laughs> movement. 6th of June movement? Uh, Cameron St. James. Uh, how... Hey, I Battletech reference. I can pull it out of anywhere. <laughs> Jeez. History, history oh, guys, in the top right on my screen. So the same here. <laughs> no, he's just it, mag- it should be fun. He's just magazines. Oh, there you go. There's your, there's your uh, history brief right there. <laughs> <laughs> but does it happen sixth of June? Just yeah, letting everybody know that we're doing two podcasts this month, just so uh, Charles can catch up. <laughs> yeah, I need to be back on, be back on, uh, uh, on the right month because this drives me nuts. Yes, we do understand that when the, the May podcast has an April history brief, we do understand that. <laughs> what does it do? What does it say again? If I'm not mistaken, the sixth of June movement, there was some assassinations that happened on the sixth of June. I do believe you are correct. So, well, well, I, I, well, I'm just asking because Black December didn't happen in December, so you know. The, this the, one actually. This one like is actually. This us. one's actually. This one's actually the the correct date. So. Hmm. Well, we need something for May. Give me. A oh, so sixth uh, of June is named after when. Uh, uh, Mindu Waterly died. So, oh, there you go. I'm sorry. Oh darn. <laughs> oh darn. Next question. <laughs> oh, I know there. I know there. The sixth of June movement was big into assassinations. So, <sighs> anyway, well, 
most of the movements in Battletech fiction are big on assassination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a but, lot of inner sphere leaders die in a mech or, or on the battle. So this means, Derek, that you're going to have some extra time so you can come see us and participate in our tournaments and stuff when we're near and, near and, near and close, right? Possibly. We'll see nice. how that works out because with my wife doing overnights, she has to uh, sleep during the day. That's fair. Now, that's if fair. the kids are, you know, at camp or something like that, and you're semi-local, I might be able to swing out. Like you had one here in Wisconsin not too long ago; it wasn't too far, but had the kids, so I couldn't swing. Okay, all right. Well, we definitely got to get something planned. I, I failed you last year. Uh, oh, don't and, worry about it. You're tired, dude. Try and fix it this year, maybe that we'll we'll swing through, but. Um. Yeah, we definitely got to find a way to get together. And oh yeah, roll some dice. Definitely, at least. So, in May there was the Solaris Grand Champion, Gray Norton. Norton. Gray Norton, the legend died the, killer, died the fifth of May. Every everybody dies in BattleTech. That's true. I can everybody. attest to that one. Everybody got that personal knowledge on that. <laughs> spoilers, spoilers. We're saving that till the end. You know, they didn't, but they didn't see a body. Aaron. They didn't see a body. <laughs> well, last time I saw something about Aaron, I saw him God. on the field flipping off a fighter coming in or something. God I don't know. Damn, Jason Schmetzer. <laughs> Dude, when I read that, I was like, oh, shit, Aaron's gone. <laughs> I wonder how Andrew feels about that. And then the whole time I'm like, speaking of, where is Andrew? <laughs> I have a funny story to tell at the end of the podcast about that. So. All right. Yeah. All right, I think we well, got some Kerensky Con news. Let's move on to news and community. KrenskyCon news. I mean, since we didn't have time to go over KrenskyCon last time, we, we, were we didn't to, cover it. Uh, oh my god! No, and somebody, somebody from the podcast went to KrenskyCon because yeah. they kept saying the like, "No, no talk this month. Move <clears throat> next month." All right. So uh, I was uh, give a huge shout out to Carl Franklin. Um, many, many, almost almost two years ago now, uh, or at least a year ago, Carl hit me up on Facebook Messenger and said, hey, I'm a Kransky backer, and if you're not doing anything, you'd be awesome if you could join me for KransskyCon. And I was like, yes. So we uh, were all set to go, I think a year ago, and then um, the wonderful COVIDs hit, and... We uh, weren't able to go. Well, anyway, long story short, uh, we were out there uh, a couple weeks ago now, two, three weeks ago now. Um, was a great, great weekend. I got in, I got in Thursday night. I worked half a day on Friday, and uh, Friday afternoon, we had a, a, a room at, at a beautiful hotel um, on Washington Lake. And we played Battletech, we talked Battletech, we got to demo uh, new games. Um, we sang, we, we danced. We did some of that too. Um, <laughs> we had just great people all the way around. It was, it was great being able to meet new folks. Um, and 
just hear their stories and hear how how they came to BattleTech and and you know the love that they have for the game and and to see it on everyone's face and in their actions. It was it was a fabulous weekend. I, I will not soon forget um, that weekend. Um, played lots of games. We had uh, big grinder tables going almost the entire time. We had some set piece uh, scenario type games. Um, Jen uh, destroyed us every freaking time we were across the table from her. So um, big shout out to Jen. Um, the 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 phrase of the weekend is "Don't pull a Jen" because you were destroying something terribly if if you pulled a Jen because she rolled. Kind of like your boys earlier, what you were talking about. So, um, <laughs> I, it, lots of things were won. Um, we had the the plushies were were something that was kind of hot. They had a uh, we had two archers, a phoenix hawk, and an atlas, and another Irby that was in pirate colors. As uh, prototypes for potentially some new plushies, and they had a uh, Calhound and a Jamie Wolf Archer, and I was trying my ass off to try and get that Jamie Wolf one one, and and lo and behold, it worked out. I got got to be able to bring it home. Thank you, Jen, for for trading. Um, <laughs> that was that was pretty awesome. So um, you got the better end of that deal, though. I, I did, or she did. She did. Oh, she did. She got Morgan Kell. I know. Morgan Kell I know. beats <laughs> Jamie Wolf all day, hands, every day. Hands down. <laughs> hands down. Right. Um, so a couple of the big highlights there was uh, we had a couple of different um, panels where we got to talk with the powers that be. Um, so Lauren was there. Randall, Brent, Ray, Mike Stackpole was there all weekend. So we got to roll roll dice with him. Uh, one of the highlights for me was we had a they had set up they being um, Bryn and Randall built out this <laughs> massive Alpha Strike game on a really little table, um, and they asked me if I could run that run the Alpha Strike game for them since they kind of know about our 350 and um, I got to refresh, uh, Stackpole and Jordan Weissman on how to play Alpha Strike, which was a pretty phenomenal experience. Cool. Um, yeah, we talked, we talked about the, uh, upcoming Kickstarter from Mercenaries theme. We got to see a lot of the prototypes and some of the artwork for the new Mercenary and Lance packs that are coming out. Um, lots of really cool stories that, that everyone got to tell all the way around. Uh, just a really, really, really fun weekend. I, I sincerely hope that uh, the powers that be, you know, we, we made the suggestion uh, more than a couple of times that, you know, with the, the success of the Kickstarter and the upswing that Battletech is having, I, I really do think that Catalyst could have a BattleTech convention and have it be successful. Um, do the same format we did with the Kerensky Con, only a little bit larger, um, would be spectacular. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, 
they encouraged us to take pictures of everything that was going on and, and to share them. <laughs> and I did that <laughs> as much as I possibly could. I thought, we, I thought um, you had some kind of microfilm you were. Oh, no, of. no. They were, they, they knew that it, there was one of the things that they really was hoping for um, during Kerensky Con was they encouraged us to take those pictures and to handle the miniatures and get them get get all of that information out to the public and in you know where we were at so uh that's very cool i'm, I'm it was glad very awesome that. it was very awesome it was highly encouraged to take as many pictures and to you know drop as much information as we possibly could from the weekend as as it was happening so um it was a a great way to get new stuff out and get people excited and, and start talking about things. So, um, yeah, just a great weekend all the way around. So did you guys have meals and everything together too? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so we would, we would usually break for lunch and, uh, some of us would go here. Some of us would go there. Um, Brent, <laughs> I'm fat, right? So uh, Brent Evans would always come over and he's like, dude, I got a place. We should, we should go try this. So we'd pile in. And he, he drove his, uh, he was about 30 minutes away from the hotel, was from where his house was. So he would always drive his uh, Mustang. He had a Mustang convertible. So oh. he'd drive that to the, to the uh, hotel. And then we'd all pile. We'd have four of us would all pile in that thing and uh, go eat someplace. And, we always had to put the top down because big boy couldn't get in the back seat without the top down. So <laughs> we had a, we had a good laugh around that too. So um, yeah, big thank you to Brent and Ray for uh, chauffeuring me around and, and taking me some phenomenal food and, and good drinks and um, to to the whole the whole group for putting that on. That was such such a great experience. And just fun. Um, I, I sincerely hope that they find a way to do that again and, and have that experience for more people because it was it was a great time. What kind of what kind of conversations were happening that you could divulge? Uh, there was nothing that was secret. Um, it was it was more about uh, you know kind of just asking questions of of that that you wanted to have and I'm, and I'm sorry I'm kind of blanking right now I'm trying I'm working really hard in the back of my brain trying to come up with what were some of the questions that were asked um but just you know like uh I had a conversation with Stackpole about you know writing you know I have I have ideas in my head of of what this story would be like but I'm a fairly direct person I don't know how to write in such a way where you describe the blue sky with the cirrus clouds and the, you know, bright sunny day. And it's like, it drives me nuts trying to just, it makes me cringe thinking about trying to write something like that. And, you know, he gave me some really good advice. He's like, look, if you know the plot, you know, write that part, spend two hours and write that part out. And then the next day come back and say, I need, you know, a paragraph here and a paragraph there to enhance, you know, this piece. And it was just being able to just have side conversations and tidbits with various different people and and 
have direct conversations and it, you, they're always around a Gen Con, right? But Gen Con is so chaotic. It's there's so many people coming in and out, and so many people want to shake their hand and see them. Where in this setting, it was just very relaxed, very easygoing, um, and everyone was so open to having conversation. And it's the the best part about the weekend that I took away too was. <clears throat> and we've said it here many, many times about, and I, I said this on the Facebook page, that we as fans are just living in the powers that be world. Those guys, we, we think that we're fans. You know, I'm a super, I'm a super fan when it comes to Nerd. the dunes. Um, <laughs> they are super fans of like the universe as a whole. Um, when they, here's, here was something that came up that when they were talking about, um, the re-imaging of the miniatures, right. Um, you know, Brent and Ray, um, let, they, they were talking about, God, I forget what miniature it was, whether it was the, it wasn't the Crockett. It was, it was, some, it was a particular mech, but they spent four or five hours talking about a 3% change. That's how involved they were in trying to get the imaging as right as possible for all of the miniatures. Um, one thing that, that Randall made a comment about was, you know, specifically the Warhammer, right? When the new Warhammer came out, everyone, you know, said to him, like, you guys didn't change anything. And, you know, Randall said, tell him, go get the old miniature and put it next to it. He said one of the things that was really, really cool about the new miniatures was that there was what we produce this time around is what people had in their head the whole time, right? You can go take that old Warhammer and put it against the new Warhammer. They look, the image invokes what the feelings were of the old miniature. And when you set, put them side by side, you see just how much work they did to make those miniatures be what they are. Um, that was that was one interesting and big conversation that of just how much time. I mean, the whole weekend that we were there, um, Brent and Ray were going back and forth about the Shogun. They're they're re reimaging the Shogun and. I mean, when we were at lunch, when we were at the in the room, when we were in just the middle of conversation, I'd see them passing a phone back and forth because they were going they were going through iterations on on what the Shogun's going to look like. Yes, there's so much time, there's so much effort that they put into this game. Their heart and soul goes into it. That it's after after KerenskyCon, you know, a lot of it's. I feel myself included, you know, you take it for granted that we have this game that survived <laughs> when it, it should have died, right? I mean, we were on life support and we were getting, you know, the paddles every every couple of years to keep the thing on life support. And now all of a sudden we can't keep shit on the shelf, which is awesome, right? Um, that has everything to do with those people that I mentioned, they have done, and, and, and others, right? Uh, Phil Lee, uh, Aaron Cahall, 
um, all the authors, and I know I'm missing a, a boatload of people that are just putting their heart and soul into making this all happen, and it's definitely showing. I mean, it, it, that's why we're having the resurgence and, and why we're having the good times that we are. It's why we have the, you know, why we're here talking, right? I mean, why would we be doing this if we were on a dead game? It would be a waste of time, right? Um, so, it, you know, my biggest my biggest takeaway from, from KerenskyCon was how much fun it was and to just say thank you to all of the powers that be and all the unsung heroes that are behind them that have done what they've done to make Battletech what it is today. Caught me off guard. I probably rambled on way longer than I needed to, but um, Good that's, that's, that's the bottom line is, you know, just a big thank you to them for doing what they do and, and caring as much as they do uh, to put out the best product they can. And hey, it looks like we're going to take a little break here with this history brief with Charles Gideon brought to you by guess who? Aries Games and Miniatures. Yeah! yeah! <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. We got to cut that so we can use that now from now on. On this episode of Wolfnet History Briefs, an operation so audacious that the battle for Terra was the diversion. Hello Wolfnet, and welcome to this installment of Wolfnet History Briefs, where we look at what happened this month in the Battletech timeline. I'm Gideon. Let's go. Today we go to the 1st of May, 3052, and at the mention of that date, I'm guessing many of you immediately thought of the planet Tukiad, which at the time existed in the small sliver of what remained of the Free Grasselhag Republic. The site is well known for the battle between the clans and Comstar, but today we will be turning our attention elsewhere, and to be more specific, everywhere but Tukiad. You see, as clan forces were dropping onto the rolling fields and mountain passes of that planet, an even larger scheme was being enacted, one that encompassed the entire inner sphere, whether held by clan or successor lord. To begin in understanding what has been dubbed Operation Scorpion, we will start with the mastermind who hatched the entire scheme, Mindo Waterly. She was born and raised in the Draconis Combine, but joined Comstar as a young woman, and by the age 24, was already presenter of the Deeran facility, which meant she was also a member of Comstar's first circuit. Her rapid rise went beyond the usual drive of a young person with desire and aspirations. You see, Waterly was a true believer in the visions of Jerome Blake, Comstar's founder. And as we already know, few things are as dangerous as a true believer. As Presenter Deeran, she argued for and successfully implemented both overt actions, such as the interdiction or communications blackout against the Federated Sons during the Fourth Succession War, as well as covert false flag operations. The idea of a unified inner sphere under a power other than Comstar was unimaginable to Waterley, and when she took control of the entire organization as Primus in 3029, it was no surprise that she continued to make Comstar a visible and powerful player in Intersphere politics. It was Waterly who supplied the Draconis Combine with mechs to fight off the Federated Commonwealth, 
and pushed for the creation of the Free Rasselhag Republic and the posting of ComGuard forces at Comstar facilities across the sphere. To the casual observer, these ComGuard were a welcomed boon as they often spearheaded pirate hunting and humanitarian efforts. The rulers of the Great Houses, however, saw them as a threat to their sovereignty, leading to a mistrust and more than one shadow war between Comstar and House intelligence agencies. All of this brings us finally to the clan invasion, an event that Waterley saw as the harbinger of Blake's prophecies. She initially worked to play clan and inner sphere against each other, thinking that they would destroy each other and leave Comstar to pick up the pieces and guide mankind back to an age of enlightenment in its own image. Upon learning that the clans planned to take Terra and unseat Comstar as the sole ruler of the Cradle of Mankind, Waterley realized she needed a different plan to deal with the invaders from beyond the periphery. This is when the proxy battle for Terra on the planet Tukiad was proposed. Waterley approved the use of nearly all the forces available, leaving only token defenses at the various facilities and on Terra. But what appeared to be a cautionary measure was actually setting the stage for Operation Scorpion. As all eyes were focused on the fighting on Tukiad, Waterley had secretly ordered the ComGuards garrisoning stations on clan-held planets to revolt. She believed that the clans would have to strip their planets of defenders just as she had, and that a complete interdiction across all occupied space would crumble the clans and house lords, forcing them all to bend their knee to Comstar, and place Comstar as the only remaining great power. Now, this may sound ludicrous and obviously doomed to failure with the advantage of hindsight, but it is important to keep in mind what information was available at the time. For example, I will remind you that the bid for the Battle of Tukiad was not only for Terra, but also for all Comstar. A loss on Tukiad would mean an end to the order, as it would become a cog in the war machine of the clans. And if the Comguard won Tukiad, Comstar would then be protected by the resulting truce. In short, she had everything to lose and everything to gain. Unfortunately for her plans, the details of Scorpion were leaked to the Draconis Combine, who then shared the information with the Federated Commonwealth, and across the inner sphere the Great Houses seized control of Comstar facilities to keep communication flowing. The clans, meanwhile, crushed most of the uprisings immediately, and even when they couldn't, they simply relied on the portable HPGs they had brought with them. Operation Scorpion had drowned in its own scope, because of the drastic underestimation of its target's cunning before it could ever truly sting. In the end, Waterley had fallen victim to the pride that many true believers do in thinking that because of her conviction, the prophecy was destined to come true in her lifetime. Instead, Waterley got a sobering lesson. One she only had days to reflect on before her death. This is Gideon signing off, and remember, those who failed to learn from history are doomed. And welcome back. That was History Brief with Charles Gideon Dirks brought to you by Aries well, Games and Miniatures. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so easy now. I don't know how to say it. You're welcome. <laughs> it sounds so cool when you say it. Yeah, it's okay. It's so much better. All yeah, right, me and my nasally voice, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, 
we all have our own nasally tiff. Oh, I hate my voice. Like when Andrew was like, hey, we should get you on the show. This is probably what, Andrew, a year ago or something? It's like, been a, uh, I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Let me work on my yeah. microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get my voice like Luke. <laughs> Just lucky, I guess. I don't know. No, you have that buttery, smooth, like announcer kind of voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why he's here. And it goes That's with the, uh, yeah. I mean, he is the voice my, uh, of camo spec, so. Oh, God. Oh. No, I'm not. <laughs> hey, you're in good when, company. Tex is there, too. Yeah, yeah. No, Tex is the voice of camo specs. I, <laughs> I, did, I did a guest spot one time, which I'm very honored by, but it was. Uh, hey, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. My, my, boss, my boss had a line that perfectly described Aaron. He said, uh, he says, I'm the eye candy for radio show, radio, you know, so. <laughs> That's 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 Aaron. He's the eye candy for radio. That's no. right. He's yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving along. Let's talk about uh, <laughs> battle reports. We got uh, Rumble on the River. Oh my God, that yeah. was so long ago. No. Yeah, we haven't we haven't talked about it. Holy crap! We Raven won. Raven we talked won. about we talked about that it happened. Oh, we, we just. We, just we didn't go into anything. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, guys we... touched on it. Well, now we're going to have to deep right into it. It's all on video evidence. Just go watch it. <laughs> go check the stream. <laughs> so, uh, I'm trying to put it out of my memory. I had, uh, I had a great time at Rumble on the River. Um, it was super fun. Um, met a lot of new people. The location uh, was awesome. Really good battle tech. Um Aaron, you should just shut the hell up. I, I think I was the focus of the whole thing just because I was there. A lot of people, I, I signed a ton of autographs. Uh, I want to thank everyone. I can't remember their names, but hey, that one guy, that was awesome. You you really made my day. So That was that was Raymond's dad. Oh, wait, I was at a wedding again. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> no, we had, that was, uh, so we had... Uh, it, that was. I'm trying to get my mind You're around that again. Go. That was See, so long. So long ago. Come. Um, <laughs> that one we ran a little looser. Uh, I was really worried. A that, looser. We had like yeah. two people who were named to administrate anything. <laughs> I was really worried we were only going to have like 12 people show up, and I think we had 16 or 18. How, how, here's, here's my question. I've been asking the last couple of times. How many walk-ons do you think we got? Uh, I don't know if I would call them walk-ons. They just weren't communicative enough to say that, hey, we're coming. Walk-ons. Um, Which is awesome. We had, we had a lot of, uh, we had, a, you know, a, a very good core group of people that, that have continued to show up. Um, we had uh, three guys from Michigan, uh, Topa, uh, Mike, and, oh, God, now I'm going to feel terrible because I forgot the last guy's um. name. Tom, thank you. Um, they made the trip down. Um, Jim put together a, a really fun and interesting scenario uh, based off the of night icons. Before. Yep, icons of war the night before. Um, that was a lot of fun to play. Um, then we uh, rolled into the tournament on Saturday, and uh, 
I, I think remember we got waking to... up and having a great breakfast at the kitchen the next morning before yeah. we could get into the room, and that was awesome. I uh, we got set up the night before. Even BB yeah. Big Balls Bethers was down there yep. helping us set up tables. Yeah, we and reorganized the tables. Whiskies. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Organized those like one foot wide by six foot long tables into doubles <sighs> and triples. Yeah. Those are something different too. And then we went to the uh, <clears throat> the other. Um, There's another banquet the hall. hall. Another banquet hall. Still chairs. Well, they don't. They don't need all this stuff in here. They already had their their little convention. We can just we can just you know we can just move that. And help us out. <clears throat> it was at a different spot this year, wasn't it? It's called yeah, tactically, we, tactically acquiring. We were in. Uh, we were directly in Bentendorf, Iowa, um, to. Uh, Help for those that were going to fly in, and then Seneca bailed on us. So um, I'm, mad. I'm, I'm mad at Seneca. Uh, but to be honest, the we hotel, didn't have as much cheese this year, though. the The hotel that the hotel location was phenomenal. Uh, we had a, a gas station that sold booze across the street. Starbucks was right there, and I think we had five or six restaurants that were within walking distance. A pizza ranch. A pizza ranch. Uh, we ate there for the one one day for lunch, but that was packed. Gideon and was, I had to go to uh, what? Bourbon. Gideon and I went to the uh, was the Japanese sushi. grill. That was yeah, awesome. Sushi. Yeah. Anyway, we went, we went and filled the Draconis Combine affiliation. <laughs> um, good, a great turnout, great facility. Um, uh, and great people. I mean, for us to run this again, we had uh, three, four, is there five new people out of 16, 18 that showed up? Um, Ron played his, Ron was, this was his second tournament. He's uh, Ron Ploger. He was uh, the guy who set up uh, the, the tournament in February. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, and that was the one that was February. Uh, Evercon, that's that's what it was. Um, he came down and was rocking the house uh, up until I think the third or fourth round. He had to drop. He was there with family, and he had to get moving. And about the same time, Frank dropped, so he had to head back to Des Moines for the for the night. So. The last round, or last two rounds, last round, we lost last two round. guys. Last they round, were, we lost two guys. They were 4-0, and oh, weren't they? Uh, Ron was 4-0. Oh. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, that was big. Ron, Ron was 4-0, and oh, and I think he had achieved all of his objectives in all of his games, and I think he short, like, 100 points in MOV at that point. He was killing people. Um so it was a little unfortunate that, that he didn't get to finish. And then he had to come back later that night anyway to get his uh, best painted army prize because uh, <laughs> he was voted that, and I screwed that up to not give that to him before he left. Um, That's okay. He came back and got it. He came back. Uh, but uh, just a, a great tournament again, great people. Um, Ben, you son of a bitch, surprised us all by dragging Charles down, which was a great, <laughs> a great surprise. I'm checking in. I'm checking in for my room, and Ben. I hear Ben come in, and I turn around, and I, I, I give Ben a, a fist bump, high five, or something like that, and I 
I see Charles, but it, I don't recognize him until I turn back around to the counter to start signing something and went, holy shit, that was Charles. And I turned around, had to run over, give him a big hug. That was a, it was an awesome surprise. So the, uh, thank, thanks for making the trip and um, Ben for uh, hauling you with. So that was, Taking that all was the baggage. Pretty- that was pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> he, 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 he didn't even make me ride in the bed of the truck. He let me ride up front. Oh, great. he let you ride up front like, like yeah. a good boy, huh? Lucky. Yep. Lucky. Um, you guys came in the hall, and I, I was setting or messing something up and, and heard that voice. I'm like, what the? F- oh, shit. Charles is here. Um, what are you Matt- doing here? Matt did a Matt did a phenomenal job on the stream. He got he did that solo uh, for Rumble on the River this year. I just and, kept it uh, going. Did a did a great job, dude. You did awesome. Yeah, uh, did a great job. And teaching and you, me for a while. And, and you were able and you were able to to block Aaron's continual stream <laughs> of improvements from miles away. <laughs> Aaron kept he was calling you and then you stopped then you stopped answering him. He started calling me and I'm like, Aaron, dude, everything's working. Just stop. You need to stop, dude. I appreciate it, but you need to stop. It was my first time as a spectator, and I was like, Oh, we should be doing this, and we should be doing this, and we should and so yeah, I I got the hint halfway through and I'm like, no, I think Matt texts me, everything is working. I'm not fucking with anything else. I'm like, all right, all right. At, at, at that, what at that half, that half point, we tried changing something and it fell out of the, it fell out of the sky. And then yeah. it was just like, how do we get it back? Okay. We're, we're working the issue. And then boom, it came back on and it was like, oh, like, oh, that but was, what if, oh, what if we, what, happened? what if we're like, I'm not touching another thing. What happened was, is he signed into discord. And that's yeah. and that's I what want screwed. my handle. No, I and want my what, handle. No, I want my handle. Yeah, anyway, we didn't. We didn't uh... But so actually, that worked out really, really well uh, for us with Aaron being a spectator because uh, I think you went to work really, really, really hard with uh, Mister Mister Seth White Fox. And yep. uh, got some new overlays and just made the streams, you know, a thousand percent more uh, <laughs> professional so in Andrew, a lot of ways. So and Andrew came over what yesterday or two days? I ago was or? I was over on Saturday. Yeah, yesterday. And I he doesn't watch the stream, so I I pulled it up on my TV. And the transition came on. He went, <gasps> he grabbed me. He's like, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, you haven't seen that yet, have you? <sighs> so that's, that's like a month old. That's nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hadn't seen the overlay yet. I hadn't seen the transitions. Now he's got shit fading in and out. On on, It was just it's so cool. So cool. So yeah. we have now, now you can do it at Battle Bard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Speaking of Battle Barn, uh, I know last podcast we talked that we were going to be dropping um, version two of, of the 350 rules. Just so everybody knows, we have been working our asses off trying to polish it up as much as we possibly can. Um, I'm going to use one of my shout outs early just because it, it fits where we're at to give uh, Mario, uh, Mr. Brute, and Sean Diablo. Diablo. 
job you Goolsby. Um, some huge props for helping us out in um, grammar, <laughs> in flow, in, in helping us uh, see it from a player's perspective of, you know, what, what would help them find answers faster, easier, better. Um, I think we've made some great improvements. Um, Especially Not to mention a couple of scenarios and a lot of play testing. Yeah, I mean, I was I was getting there. I was getting oh. there. Um, we one of the big things, you know, we've been talking about for you know six or eight months is we needed another. We needed a sixth scenario. And <laughs> we got uh, like more than that. that and awesome. <laughs> we got three more. So uh, again, you know, Aaron has Aaron has said this. And you know, I'll stress it as well that even though we've got a version two and we're calling it the official rules, they are still continually being play tested and updated and edited to make them better each and every time we do something. So, um, Aaron, you have more on that. I kind of had a basically, yeah. Uh, over the last year, we have been taking so many notes uh every tournament we run every game we play it, we i mean it may not look like it but we are watching every game every rule every list every i mean all this stuff with a fine tooth comb and a, and a and a magnifying glass to try to find out what is what is the best competitive way to even the field for all, for all players cuz our ultimate goal is to get skill and dice rolls to be the the determining factor, not who brought the best list, who has the best units, who has this. It's we're trying to up the game a little bit. So version two, which should be coming any day now, uh, we're just nitpicking about a little couple of things here. Um, but we Ar- think that's gonna... arguing and screaming at each other. About yeah, arguing, screaming, things. yelling. How dare all, you? Do- no. All caps, all caps. You know, kind of stuff. Um, hopefully this will raise the bar of, of leveling the field of competitive play. That's our main goal is, um, version one, we, we kind of let a lot of stuff go and then slowly over time, I think we did an errata, try to add some things in, try to curve the, the, the crazy factor. Um, we're adding in a bunch of other stuff in this one. Um, and I, I would say off the top of my head, the faction era, uh, restrictions are going to be the biggest, biggest deal to this. Um, all 350 lists have to be from, uh, a certain faction and a, an availability era. So we're whittling down the choices of units you can pick to, I mean, drastically, obviously, Dramatically. but in, in a way we're, the reason we're mainly doing that is so we don't keep seeing the same lists over and over and and try to weed out the negative play experience units. Um, yes, you can still take some of those units, but you're you can't combine you can't cherry pick anymore from all of these different units and just throw them together into one three fifty list. Um, we've been playing with the two point uh, rules for a good I don't know three four months now. I would think. Yeah. Um myself I am I was kind of on the fence and I am now completely 
surprised at what different factions I play. I'm not just playing my favorite faction. I'm I'm just let's let's see what this uh, faction and this era has to do. And and you you know what works in your head, and you try to make that work in that list. And it's it's fun. It's it's competitive. It's uh it's I'm having a good time. I think everyone's having a good time with it. it's it's a whole it's, new way of making a it, list. It's frustrating sometimes because. You're you're coming from the experience of version one where you're like, well, God, I was able to do this, you know, two months ago. And now because, you know, you, you're you can't cherry pick. I mean, that was that was the biggest reason for going to the faction era is you can't see a Wolfen and a Hero Falcon and uh shit. What Saxon was some other? And, the the uh, other the other big one battle armor and the other big one that that has been um, ner- not nerfed but minimized is Restricted. the Corona, the Corona SRM Squad Sixes. That you we will not we will not see those because um, we have also uh, implemented um, squad size limitations um, based on the faction that you take um, <clears throat> because that was becoming a staple that was. Uh, changing the game than what we wanted to see happen. So we wanted to get out in front of it and and make it better. And I think these version two rules are we built on what we did in version one, but found a lot of refinement, a lot of of better balance that will be coming up. So yeah, and. Like with version one, it, it was a trial and error. You're like, okay, this is really overpowering, but should we get rid of it? No, we'll just curve it a little bit. So all throughout the last year, year and a half, we've been looking at other things. Uh, we've had some uh, changes to the actual rules of the game that have uh, been beneficial for for everything. Um, we We've seen, we've got enough data to justify limiting some special abilities, some some units, some this, um, just to make it an overall better gameplay experience. We're we're trying to get rid of the negative gameplay experience and trying to. It, it's hard to do in a competitive format. I mean, you're gonna have that, but um, we're we're really excited to see what 2.0 brings for this next year. And we'll try to refine it as we always have. Uh, I don't think I can not look at a tournament or lists and not think in the back of my head, is this good for 350? Is this bad for 350? What can we do? What are some changes that might be able to make? So we'll we'll still be doing that. Um, the faction and era is definitely going to be uh, a new thing. So I think it, it's going to be an exciting year. Fine. And yeah, hopefully no. it'll drop here soon. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe before this podcast. Probably before this podcast, it, it might. I, I might. I might be. A, you know, two for two for one kind of a day, kind of a thing. I, I wish Excellent. we had. See if you can read and listen at the same time. Uh, just as a heads up, though, uh, we we will be hosting Battle Barn again. Um, we I've talked with uh, the host uh, that that Brian. Kimmel, uh, who's the host? His it's his place. Um, I'm hoping that we can hit 30 folks, but that is 
kind of what we will be limiting it to. Um, the first 30 people that we hear will be coming to Battle Barn will be folks that, that are in. Um, and we're we hoping just, that they can uh, also utilize some carpooling. And uh, what were those? Something else too yet? Uh, no, it was really it, really numbers and, and carpooling, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a private residence, so we're trying to be respectful of him and his neighbors. You know, we we, we kind of descend on the place for a couple of days, so we definitely want to be respectful to him and and his neighbors. Um, and it's super fun because we we get food brought in. Um, it's it's kind of secluded too. It's up in the hills a little bit. It's awesome. It's uh, a little bit closer to nature too. So you've got that aspect of having almost a um, like a mini convention feel. Like a mini convention, but yeah. you've got some beautiful uh, natural surroundings too. It's really nice. If you look like you're lost, you're not. You're on the right road. <laughs> um, it's, it's hidden. So version two, the, the version, I guess, where I wanted to go to, version two of, of 350 will be what's being played at, at Battle Barn. Um, I know that I've been getting some questions and things about various different uh, aspects and, and questions about what will be happening at Battle Barn. Um, I think we have talked about it enough where we can say that it will be a casual tournament. Um, right, we're not going to be ultra premier highest levels and have a bunch of expectations. We're just trying to get together and have some fun, so and and test out what we're doing. And you guys, we appreciate everyone who comes out, we participates, and we love the feedback. Um, we are where we're at, and the things that we've made too is based on you know player feedback and experience so um keep it keep it coming keep it professional you know keep it respectful and understand that you know we vision we're striving really really hard to get there but we value your guys's input so that we can we can make it better and please remember we're not making these rules to screw your list over (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of you are not trying to do we are just we're, trying to make the game as a whole better. We're all suffering. <laughs> yeah, we're all, believe me, we're all suffering. We all have our lists that we have painted and put together that now are like tier. <laughs> well, that'll go back into storage. Yeah. <laughs> Play it in a casual make paint day. remover for. <laughs> stripper. There's stripper. <laughs> Um, so there's, there's that news to talk about. Um, I, I, I guess we kind of rolled right out of rumble. Was there anything else to, to cover there? Um, congratulations to Raymond, Raymond white won one rumble on the river. Um, and then, uh, he had Mr. to beat his own dad too, didn't he? he uh, did I think beat he his dad. beat his, I think he beat his dad the first round. I think, man, um, <laughs> such a predicament. It was Fratricide. not even close. I don't think dad, I'm going to have to kill you now. For patricide, patricide, patricide. There you go. Not fratricide. Oh. Patricide. Well, cracker box, you got a new call sign. Yeah, <laughs> patricide. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, yeah. We won't make you do that. No, no. That's just mean. Uh, and it looks like to... there's. Uh... I did see well, some Aries hats that were given out, though. I was pretty jealous about that. Yeah, those were pretty sexy, actually. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> we are always bragging about the price support that, that that we get, and then and then we get the guy who who sends us the stuff on. He goes, meh. <laughs> you know, it, I wish the hats would have turned out better. They they look okay. I'll be honest. They they look okay, but um, they look good on screen. Yeah, well, the problem is, is that the, the the logo itself, because of the gradients in the shading and everything, it does not translate to any type of embroidery uh, or do, anything do like need, that. Do you need a little update in the design? Shush. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> yes. There's a lot of people in Discord that would love to help you out. I'm actually working with someone right now. Ooh, there you go. Which reminds me, I got to contact him. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I I ran back. I, I have the right computer. I'm actually in Iowa uh, for the weekend. Uh, so Raymond came in at, at uh, first place with uh, four wins, sixteen objectives, and an MOV of seven 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 hundred seventy three. Second place would have been Ron after dropping the last round. He still would have gotten second place. With four wins, 16 objectives, 650 MOV. Goolsby actually walked away with second. uh, (laughs) With a score of uh, four, uh, 15 objectives, 810 MOV. Um, I would have come in third, but I bowed out. Uh, you being, had to play. (laughs) I I actually had to play this time to make the numbers. Um, I bowed out, and uh, Chris Helsby uh, got third place. Uh, three wins, 14 objective, and 439 MOV. So, uh, according to this, we had 14. We had 14 players with the two guys that dropped. Um, but a lot of fun. We had it was it was great. The hotel was great. Um, the Friday night deal I thought was a lot of fun get everybody primed and ready to go um i think that wraps i think that wraps rumble how gideon do in rumble on the river what list did you bring i didn't i didn't even i didn't get i didn't get to play you oh yeah no i uh ran my uh republic of the sphere uh dark age list so um i was in the middle of the pack somewhere like and your 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 if8 actually started working uh yeah, because I switched it to skill too. So um I was uh oh, nuking shit. I was nuking people. It was it was fun. Um uh yeah, Have no, you... I had uh, I, I I played uh uh bourbon ben. and in the uh <laughs> now dub net, net, right. Well we're always in the middle of the pack with our uh with our faction list, so the writers always gotta play each other. Yeah, no that was the uh yeah, the the writers battle. Um I I won. It was close because we both had a crab, so it it, it could have been it could have gone either way. But but my crab uh, survived out survived his crab, and that was that was the deciding factor of that game. But um, everybody's got crabs. We're gonna, yep. we're gonna call that the writers' summit. Is it, is that what, what happened there? <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah. No. When I mean I. I I play just for fun, you know. I I tr- I mean I try, but um, like there was a uh, I, I was playing Scotty, and there was we were playing uh, Rampage, and there was kind of an opportunity of just turning it in, into an all-out brawl. So 
that's what I went for. I, I, I just stopped going after bunkers and I was like, we're going <laughs> to, we're, we're going to throw down. We're, we're going to eliminate most of our lists in the first round here. Let's make this happen. And, uh, and, and he obliged mostly, but he ran off and blew up one of my bunkers. So I lost that one, but it, it was fun. It was just the amount of damage we threw at each other. I guess it was round two because we had to move, uh, but it just turned into a giant mess. Everything was in base to base. We had to figure out who, who could shoot at who. It was good times, but, um, uh, no. And then, I mean, I played with, uh, Mike and Tom, a couple of the Michigan guys. It was good, good fun. Um, uh, Tom definitely got the uh, short end of the stick. He played me in capture the flag, um, which my list is definitely prepared for. Um, I had the slowest unit. Well, other than my battle armor, the slowest unit I had was my crab that moves 18. Everything else moved 20 or more. Um, so I was, I had multiple units on all the flags first round and, and it was just like, yeah, this isn't, yeah, if you're not built for this, then, but, but that's again, why we're working on, uh, or worked on continuing to work on, uh, more, uh, scenarios because, uh, when 20% of the scenarios is you have to have enough fast movers to get the flags, um, it, it, it can kind of spoil it, which I, I feel bad for Tom because I, I feel like I kind of did that with uh, and, with that and game. He's, and he said as much too. He 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 was vocal isn't the right word, but I mean he he let us know that you know the capture the flag scenario. If you are not built for it, it's it's a throwaway scenario for some, which is not what we really want, right? right. Um, which is why with the addition of the three three additional scenarios um you know one of the lists that i built i i'm even questioning now whether it's even worth carrying infantry and just say bunkers is going to be one of those that uh, i might struggle with um those are those are going to be the interesting conversations i think people are going to have to have with themselves to when they're building their list now because the scenario stack has grown enough where you need a diverse set of, of units to be able to cover all eight scenarios. Well, now I think it's to a point where you can't, you can't have a list for every scenario where, where like you, um, uh, you could hedge towards speed and do pretty well with the original five scenarios. Right. Um, but with these three added, I, I really feel like hedging towards speed isn't going to get you nearly as far. So I think list building is going to be a lot trickier. Um, like, like even my Republic of the Sphere list, you know, I think what I had five, five units that moved 18 plus, that's not going to fly, <laughs> you know, in, in, half the scenarios now so everything's gonna have to get tweaked where i where you might have a unit or two per scenario that will do really well for that scenario but you can't you can't have a whole your the whole 200 geared directly towards that scenario like we have been in the past was your republic of the sphere faction era yeah really okay yep yeah no that's why uh that ben and i joked about that because uh mine was uh Factioner, and so was his. His was a Star League. He had a Royal Star League list. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember looking at his well-painted miniatures. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, he did a good job. When, you know, of course, he, he's just like threw paint at them from across the room or whatever he says, but it, sure. they, they looked uh -huh. good. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he threw paint at them, I'm sure. <clears throat> they looked pretty good for throwing paint at them. Yeah, no, but, but it was fun. And, and I, like, honestly, I have a great time just uh, having fun, hanging out kind of in the middle of the pack. I feel like that's where all the excitement is, you know. Um, but I think that'll change with uh, the new rules. I think it's going to be a lot more interesting um, with Factionera across the board um, because uh, one win, one loss, you know, it's going to make a big difference and it's not going to be um, – two lists facing off against each other that are like 50% the same list. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot more creativity. And, um, <clears throat> especially with battle barn coming up, people are going to have to get used to new scenarios too. Yeah. yeah. Read, read, read the scenarios, everybody. Cause <laughs> yeah, some things have changed even in the original five. Uh, some things have changed. So, when it comes out, please read the entire document. It, it, that goes for like some of our co-hosts too. <laughs> we should read the entire document a couple of times. Because yeah. yeah. that's the hardest part for us, right? Is because we've been throwing yeah. rules around for a year. And like when it comes to judge, we're like, no, 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 it's this way. And we're like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, we're... Uh, I, I had to do that with um, the last tournament here in Colorado where it was uh, uh, domination and somebody came up to me and they're like, oh, hey, if you know, how does this work? And I'm like, oh, no, this is it. And then afterwards, I'm like reading through the rules again. I'm like, I thought we went the other way on that. Oh, whoops. Because I remember, you know, we've had so many conversations where like I, I literally had to go back through and uh search our group chat because i was like no i know that we talked about this at some yeah. point i didn't just make this up and yeah it was like three years ago we were talking about <laughs> doing it the way that i the way i thought it was and i was wrong so uh yeah that's, yeah that's the hard part about doing this is, is you got it ingrained in your head from a year ago and you're like no nah, that's the way and, and then we're like you totally blank out that one conversation where we all got together talked it through <laughs> And we're I, still playing it wrong. No, I was still playing it wrong. If I had my video on, I'd be raising both hands. That would be me and me. <laughs> I've made the call wrong many times. <laughs> okay. What else we got going on? Is there a premiere event? Can there you... is a premiere event coming up in wonderful Castle Rock, Colorado at Inconceivable Games. Um, Inconceivable. July 16th. Inconceivable. I'm waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> um so it's the same place it's um so also a cautionary tale of do not write a promotional message for discord at 12 30 <laughs> like a oh i'm gonna go to bed soon oh wait never mind i'll i'll type this up quick and then post it because i got both the date and the city wrong oh. i don't know how but Ouch. but I was able to correct it. Um, it when it's uh, July sixteenth, so I there's plenty of time to correct it. But um, yeah, so for all of the people in Colorado who are waiting, um, by the time you hear my voice right now, 
the rules might already be out because we are planning to run the 2.0 rules. Um, and people are just wondering, you know, how we're going to figure out faction era, all that stuff. Although the Colorado crew is pretty used to it because the uh, last two events have been uh, era specific. So, so um, are you going to basically just say a player who shows up, pick a faction, pick an era and come? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, people are just, uh, I think, holding off on getting too deep into the list building just on the, um, like, what other restrictions and stuff, because we've talked, you know, hinted at different restrictions and different uh, limits yeah. and stuff. So uh, they like, just want to be able to see it in their hand before they start uh, calling Derek and ordering things. So, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ding! um but with derek's uh super fast turnaround which will be even faster next week um then uh no worries you, you'll have plenty of time to paint your minis um but no a lot of people are, are super excited i am super excited um it sh i mean every event that i've been to out here has been wonderful all the people are cool um there's a couple who won't be able to make it because they're going to be off playing army which sucks but you know <laughs> Um, we, we, we had to pick a date, you know, and th there's no way you can get 20 people together and say, when's the, when's the best weekend for everybody? Cause that, that doesn't work, but, um, no, so super excited. Um, it, yep. Uh, July 16th, uh, if you live in Colorado, come on down, play some alpha strike with us or classic. They're doing both again. So it'll be cool. There's a crucible. Crucible. Oh, so um, I just remembered if we're doing upcoming events. It's it's a ways out yet, but uh, it'll be here before you know it. Um, <clears throat> there's going to be an Alpha Strike tournament in uh, Crucible, Orlando. Uh, what is that? Uh, September 30th through October 2nd. This is coming from the one, the only, Rufus. Don't forget your movement dice this time, Devane. Uh, we met him uh, <laughs> when we went down to... To uh, Orla uh, Orlando, to our sorry, uh, Saint, Saint Petersburg. Petersburg. Yeah. So uh, if you're in the uh, Florida area uh, in uh, the end of September, beginning of October, uh, look that up. Alpha Strike Tournament. This is uh, this I think will be his second of like three this year. I Rufus oh, really? really enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, he's ran one already. I know he has this one, and I think he has another one in October. Um, there's also, well, hold on. Uh, we, okay. we specifically put in the Rufus rule in the new version 2.0 where <laughs> movement dice are required materials. Oh, that's, so that's, that's the Rufus rule. <laughs> that way you don't have to ask 30 times. A year. <laughs> Do I need to rebadge the movement dice as Rufus dice? Oh, you Whoa. could. Oh, yeah. that would be awesome. <laughs> he would get a kick uh, out of that. Yeah, well, no, for uh, copyright reasons. No. That's true. <laughs> that Can't confuse him with roofies either, so. Yeah, that, oh, that's true. <laughs> I Rufus was thinking that, but I wasn't going to bring that. it up. <laughs> uh, there's another event uh, coming up as well. Uh, Big um, North. Big one. Nope, Northern Command. Oh. What? Um, Ron, uh, plugger oh, is running nice. a, uh, convention, uh, tournament. Uh, I'm trying to find, it's a Northern Command Battletech Alpha Strike tournament. It's being hosted at Dragons, Daggers, and Gains. 
this will be in Wisconsin. Um, I'm trying to find the date. I think it's like July 30 or something. Um, he's posted it on our Facebook page. I apologize that I am... Oh, there it is. July 30th. Bam, I was right. Uh, July 30th, starting at 10 a.m. at uh, Dragons, Daggers, and Games in... Um, where Where are we at? That's a terrible... That's not working for me. Um, I'll, I'll find more information and we'll put it back up on the page. But there's there that you know. one. There's that one coming up as well, and I do too since we're about it. Um, I received my player packet for the Las Vegas Open. So uh, we are, as far as I can tell, uh, a go for running a 350 tournament at the Las Vegas Open that will be taking place January 27th through the 29th in 2023. So. Get your damn honeydew lists done. Yeah. And start making plans because that is going to be. I, I'm fingers crossed. I'm, I'm really, really hoping that that coming out party. Uh, I want to see 32, 64 if we can make that happen. That would be spectacular. So stay on the lookout for that. Um, I, I need to get the player packet finished out kind of waiting for version two to finish because we'll include those that rule set in with the player packet we'll definitely start getting it marketed and and pushed out to folks to let people know that we're gonna be there and we're gonna we're gonna rock that house so uh really really excited for that i really really hope that we can get a good so vegas baby vegas baby oofta we're hoping 2023 is going to be a big year for the 350. So, and moving on to fiction, there's some redemption rights to talk about. Yeah, I, 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 I want to. I, I think I want to hear Andrew's take most of all. Aaron just needs to be absolutely silent. That's the problem. Yeah, he, just, yeah. he has to be his character now. <laughs> yeah, get get in character, coach. <laughs> So he's muted and yelling. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I I I I enjoyed the book. Um, there are certain things about the book that bother me a little bit. By the um, way, spoiler alert! In case you haven't read it. Oh yes. yeah, spoilers! If you have not read Redemption, right? Stop right yeah, now. You might want to just yeah. stop. In fact, if <laughs> yeah. you don't want to ever read Redemption Rights, that'd be fine with me. <laughs> There's a lot more people than ever read it. Wow. Yeah, no, so so if you if you are worried about spoilers, we are gonna spend the rest of the episode talking about redemption rights. So if you're worried, just skip to like the last few minutes when we do shout outs. You know, should the drill, we, but... or should we just do shout outs now and then that way they can stop? Oh, that that would be that? very convenient. <laughs> yeah, we we do do, let's do shout outs. Let's just do shout outs. And then we'll go then we'll go into the book. Okay. Which All right. Well, since, since the main guest tonight is Derek, Derek, do you have any shout outs? Oh, how long do we have? As long as it takes. As long as you Sweet. want, buddy. As long as you want. I don't have to well, work tomorrow. Neither do I. <laughs> All right. Um, honestly, the community and you guys as a whole, including the powers that be, 
if it wasn't for any of you guys, I wouldn't be having my own company right now or my own business or being my own boss, stuff like that. But mostly because the community itself is just awesome. I mean, you don't really see too many people that are just a-holes in this community. They're, everybody <laughs> everybody is always trying to help each other out or point you in the right direction or, or you know, hey, you need this book, not that one, blah, blah, blah. And it's nice to see that because you see that in other games where it's the exact opposite. It's like, what do you mean you don't know what book you need? It's like, well, the guy's starting. Don't be a dick. You know? <laughs> so it's just terrible to see sometimes. So it's nice to see that Battletech itself has remained that way since I started playing. And it has not turned sour. But as far as personal shout-outs, I'd like to thank my buddy Derek Latimer up in California or uh, Canada for helping out with the Facebook side of it for social interactions and everything. He is a huge resource of knowledge, and I see him helping people all the time. As far as you guys, thank you for everything that you do for this community. You guys have gone above and beyond for years. There was even a point that someone in this little group copied an entire website when we found out that James died. Uh, James Degenhardt, for those of you that don't know, back in March, many, many years ago. Um, that was very nice that you wanted to preserve that. Unfortunately, obviously, things didn't work out in that direction, <laughs> just to be on the safe side. But I was able to secure all the pictures and the okay from his wife to to hold on to him for prosperity and making sure people can still see him and stuff. But I don't know if Andrew still has the site backed up somewhere. <laughs> I have it. I have it. I need, I've been, it's on my list to do to go back through and get all the links and everything fixed so that it would work appropriately on, on another site. I just awesome with, with everything that, you know, we've talked about, I just, I have not done it because I don't know. That's fine. The that's permission, fine. but I have yeah. his site. I have his site backed up. Good. I was worried that maybe that might take a tumble one time. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, for you guys, I mean, like I said, you guys just go above and beyond. You hold these podcasts all the time and you keep doing it and it keeps getting better and better and better. And people that end up listening to you guys come back to me once in a while and they're just like, oh, these guys are awesome. They helped me out. They figured this out. Or, hey, I met them when I was playing a convention at such and such. And they're just a fantastic group. I never hear anybody say anything bad about you guys whatsoever. So yeah, thank you for everything that you do. Thank you. Uh, it's surprising to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Very surprising. <laughs> I, uh, I know we don't have fans. I know that there are people who are not our fans out there. So thank you for being, thank you for being quiet, I guess. Hey, I have a couple myself. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you for um, talking behind our backs, not. <laughs> but last and not least, um, because tomorrow is Memorial Day, I want to thank any either active, retired or past military personnel, which we have one here. Um, thank you for your service and everything that you've done and standing up for us as well. You know, I, I, I don't remember the quote exactly. I'm going to have to look it up because I'm going to post it later on. But basically, we don't know them, but we owe them. So yeah. thank you to every military member, past, present, or literally past. Thank you for everything that you've done. Well said.
And we as well want to say, uh, remember the fallen during this Memorial Day weekend. Uh, freedom isn't free. <clears throat> and uh, take the time to learn their names and stories. Uh, Andrew, shout out. Uh, yeah. So uh, I had, I don't, I hope I'm not stealing a lot of your thunder chart. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to Eden for calling us out and getting us all online uh, last week. Uh, we went, we suffered through some server issues, but that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, I really appreciate you, uh, throwing the gauntlet and the fact that we had enough people show up to make that be a fun experience. That was, that was, we had a lot of folks online watching, watching that game and that was a blast. So thank you for, for doing that. Um, again, uh, mentioned Sean Goolsby and, and, Mario, Mr. Brute, for all their assistance in helping bring uh, 2.0 to life. Um, Sean, with his uh, English teacher hat on, on, on holding Aaron accountable for all of his wordsmithing, has been <laughs> phenomenal watching all of that go back and forth. Look at um, this, all those red circles. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got to give a shout out for busting his ass on, on getting this uh, 2.0 stuff done. Uh, my work has gone completely freaking sideways on me the last two weeks, and I've kind of been uh, <clears throat> very MIA, very disjointed in, in rereading what he's, I know, spent two days doing work on and completely tear it up for him not losing his mind on me and taking it all in stride. Thank you for doing everything you have done. Um, and last but not least, um, Bloodbath. I want to give a shout out to Matt for coming out to the to the farm this afternoon and, and uh, shooting with us. We, we've got some new, right? We've got our ARs out like we do every Memorial weekend. And we did some shooting and, and he helped my kids out with uh, techniques and, and understanding the right way to shoot. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Welcome. I had a blast uh, shooting safely and often with the, uh, the three of you. Yeah. Uh, Aaron shout outs. Um, first of all, I want to shout out, uh, the night stalkers of first battalion. Um, I don't know why they wanted to change their name in the first place, but, uh, we pretty much squashed that. So, <laughs> Try again next year, but um, <laughs> you do have you do have a new battalion commander, so uh, go Eden. Uh, you you negotiated that one well. Uh, hot dog cider company will never be a thing. I could just I will always be there in my wolfen to make sure that does not happen. <laughs> um, big news. Um, a very, very good friend of Wolfnet Radio, Derek War Crimes Noel, is back stateside from two years in Korea. Um, Welcome home. Super Welcome excited back. about that. Welcome back, um, dude. Yes, <laughs> Welcome back, man. The whole Discord just went insane when he's like, well, I'm done. <laughs> We're like, yes, tell us when you get home and this and that. So... Big shout out to him. He's coming home after two years. So very excited about that. Um, hopefully 
Uh, the transition's going great for you, buddy. We're just super happy that you're home. I uh, just wanted to give you a big shout out. Uh, thanks for everything you did for us over there. And can't wait to see you uh, hopefully at some tournaments and or on uh, Mega Mac here uh, more frequently. So uh, really excited for you to be back. So, All right, Charles. Shout outs. Uh, yeah, um, of course, uh, Ma- Major Eden. Um I was rooting for you the whole time, buddy. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and don't worry, all your secrets are safe with me. Um, but, uh, um, yeah. Oh, and I, I'm going to give a shout out to Ed. Um, and I will officially, uh, uh, bring up that, uh, Charlie company, uh, hot dog flavored cider, uh, is a thing. It is in universe. It has been mentioned on all the other podcasts. So we are the last uh, to be up to speed on on hot dog cider. So um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it is now uh, it's hit the trifecta of uh, podcasts. So there you go, Ed. Um, of course, uh, shout outs to uh, Kaji and Wildcard, my a uh, Pacific time zone uh, compatriots, because apparently <laughs> that's when I'm awake. Um, and so are they. So uh, I've been good chatting with you guys, talking all the fiction, all the good stuff. Um, Matt E., uh, who needs a call sign, apparently, um, and all of the Colorado crew. Uh, Matt is the one who is uh, supporting the uh, premiere event out here because i have zero experience putting on these events and he was uh uh kind enough or had enough pity in his soul to (laughs) say okay we're not going to just leave you hanging on this so he's he's helping me out um or i'm helping him out i'm not sure who's helping who but uh we're gonna get it done so thank you matt um and uh that's all of mine yeah and tommy being a uh service member as well too thanks for his service and uh now we're gonna go back to uh boilers spoiler alert all right i'll mute yep aaron's dead (laughs) 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 we're gonna get get that spoiler right out there i've i've heard i've heard from semi-official channels that he is Officially listed as missing in action. So ah, there that's is. That's what happens when you get hit by a large laser. <laughs> you just become missing. Yeah, if there's no body. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. So you know, yeah. I gotta admit, I was pretty surprised they did that. What, uh, kill him off? Yeah. I was it... like, oh man, after Blaine went through all that to get him written in. <laughs> <laughs> See, but, but that's the that's the that's the thing. He burned bright and that's burned okay, out quick. You know, it was yeah. you're gonna you're gonna jump in as a colonel, so now you gotta die. True. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta die. <laughs> um Yeah. Well so who's how many people have finished it? I have. Uh, yeah, everybody here. Tommy has not, but he uh, had to dip, so we're good. Okay. So I love everybody... the I love the cover art. Oh yeah. yeah. Start right at the beginning, right? Cover art's fantastic. Yeah. I I 
I saw a Marauder 2C and I immediately t- messaged Ray and I'm like, is that is that my my Marauder 2C? No. That's what I thought too. He was like, <laughs> yours is blue. Nope. He said, nope, it's not <laughs> yours. And I was like, oh, all right. So, um, you know, I gotta be was... honest. I'm surprised they didn't have the Spartan on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. It would, that would have been 2C or Spartan better, C. I think, yeah. is, is, you know, a, a better a better choice based on the book. Yep. Um, I love the still love... awesome. I love that they brought out the C retrofit implants and that they're good, decent max. Yeah. Well, I, I think though that just for recognition, putting a Spartan on the cover, people like who even knows what that mech is. Well, well not point, a, you make people go, Oh, what the hell is that? Not only that, but it's not a reimaged machine yet either. Yeah. Right? No, we so know. got to come up with illustration. Yeah, that we know of. Good point. Good point. Oh, oh, but uh, Andrew, you were saying you had a couple things, a, a couple nitpicks or qualms. Oh, um, it's I Bring you know after box. after watching after watching Maverick, I went oh. and saw Top Gun Maverick on Thursday. In wait, wait. you're gonna the... agree to Maverick. Yeah, because if you look at you what for okay, way more spoilers be... for those that haven't been to the movie. Um, so Andrew's there was... the short guy that jumps on couches. Oh, Jesus, uh, <laughs> he kind of is. He kind of yeah, kind of is. Um, there was, was a lot a of. Thing. Was there a was a lot thing. of great. <laughs> there was a lot of great for not foreshadowing, but a lot of recognition to Top Gun in Maverick. And I would say the same thing about Redemption, right? In that they they took a page from history and kind of rewrote some things uh, or, or brought things back, right? Um, it, it seemed like Hack was playing from a, a, a previous, maybe a, a pre-laid out handbook, if you will, um, with his own dash of, we're going to get after Clan Wolf. Some of it, I think, felt right. Some of it felt like it was a little too much. Um, it's very um, nice. different three pieces of the Dragoons, which, I mean, hats off to Schmetzer for being able to line all of those things up and play them into, you know, the, the, the line that we have. It, in certain ways, though, it felt a little too much, I, I guess. I'm not speaking my thoughts correctly it's i i enjoyed the book yeah, you're it's not just, it's just not you're still alive <laughs> which yeah. funny story is i got done reading it and i messaged ray and i was like dude i didn't make it off tara he's like you're you're fine you made it you were in the you were in the meeting room with uh brew baker and Cruz and this i'm like god damn it he's mixing me up with andrew again <laughs> 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 which happens all the time it happens all if, all it's any, if it's any consolation aaron when andrew and i first started talking years ago i kept calling him aaron for some reason <laughs> see yeah, we, it goes both ways <laughs> yeah but it he, does he goes no you're fine i you're, you're on terra i was like no this is Aaron. He goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. So, I mean, like Matt said, there's not a body. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, I was, uh, 
Matt and I, Matt Charles and I, actually, we're all there. So we were the flipping same off bandit. the we were flipping off the Jade Falcon birds as they were coming I, in. So I was not in that bandit. Just see now, if you had a zoomer, you would have been okay. If we had a zoomer, we would have been fine. When I see when some people have been like, "Oh, hey, Gideon, I'm sorry that what happened to your character," and I'm like, "Nah, Ill Clan Sourcebook still says some of us got away." So, <laughs> coach, coach being dead actually increases my chances of being one of the survivors. So fingers crossed. That's true. That's yeah, very true. Re- refresh my memory. They did not say anything about your guys's character. Just Aaron's, right? Oh yeah, no. Yeah, nah, okay. just, that's what I thought. Oh, we're nothing. I mean, Matt was <laughs> in the same bandit as I was, so right. But matter. he wasn't outside of it. Flipping yeah, he wasn't flipping, flipping off. off birds. Okay, I I can hold on to the hope that you know <laughs> there's some seven still on Terra, and we're re re you know leading a rebellion against Alaric or whatever. I whatever it is. I thought it was awesome to hear about the you know the action that elementals could have done with their eyes closed. Those were some fun jabs. <laughs> yep. Yep. Thanks for the thanks for the whole ambush that we performed being uh literally Silly. tactically the worst thing you could do. <laughs> I love it. But uh overall the book I I loved it. Just hearing assault mech pilots talk like they know they're an assault mech. <laughs> yeah. I think I can't remember which character it was, but I think he was in a Hellstar. And somebody popped around a building and shot him. He's like, that mother... <laughs> and he's like, I'll be right back. And then you just you just see the Hellstar go behind a building. And then the next thing on the comms is you say, sit! <laughs> and just puts him down. No, I do like the fact that they even um, made a nod towards the fact that they know their recon sucks. They're like, we need something. That was huge. Yeah. I, I really am glad that they... Um, and I, I can't uh, acknowledge that. I can't remember who said it to me, but they're like, see, that's why we have vehicles in the 350. <laughs> it's yep. like, if you're going to make a Zeta list, uh, yeah, you can bring all the assaults, but you're going to need some... some you're going to you're gonna need a detachment of recon. You're going to need some blowers and some, uh, and some foot pounders. So, uh, see, and uh, the thing I liked about that is, is that, you know, everyone keeps talking that, you know, the Dragoons are the elite of of mercenaries or you know they are one of the elite formation that being able to go out on a mission and come back and have that meaningful conversation with your your superiors and know that here's where our shortcomings were and being able to talk through that that is the first time that I think where I would say that showing why they're the elite really played out. I think that should happen in every AAR after action review um, you do after mission, because you're going to talk about what was supposed to happen, what did happen, three positives, three negatives, and what are we going to do different next time? I will say... Oh, go ahead, Charles. Oh, no, I was just going to say, well, that's a throwback to old school Dragoons, right? Where that was kind of their, their thing of... The you know all we, the we the colonels would all sit, sit around and and talk to each other and be like yeah you screwed that up I I know I screwed that up you know but I, I'll do this next time okay you know that was definitely like a uh, I mean way back in uh, wolves on the border retreat hell that was pretty yeah. good I did like that I like that 
Yeah. Um, I will talk about the elephant in the room. Yes, this was a plot armor book. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's let's not sugarcoat no. it. No, uh, why you say that? Everyone's Ser- like serious investments in Ilion. What are, yeah. are you kidding me? That like, all no, those things were... just fell into place. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, they did come home with like a ton of top tier level stuff. I mean, the treasure trove that they have for, and they're like, yeah, but they're only like twenty percent. You know, it's it's the whole uh, uh, <laughs> save the metal, don't worry about the meat kind of a thing. That's exactly what this book is. Is like um, we'll rebuild it in a year. We'll be just fine. <laughs> um, yeah. But I will say, you can't have the Battletech fiction universe without the Wolf's Dragoons. I'm sorry, it's just eh. a fact of life. I think people. I think there's a lot of folks out there that would disagree. Um, in they can. They're wrong. They can, but I well, mean, <laughs> I was. I I I had thought right away when I knew that they were going to the Empire. Uh, I was. I can say I put a little check mark up in the air and say Andrew won uh, when they went and collected Sibcos. I thought yeah. that was wow. that was a that was a that almost was a jab, given. That was almost a given that they were going to have to do that because I mean that's that's where they're lacking, right? Is manpower and them <laughs> being as close as they have been or following that that tradition, if you will, of, of clans and taking Abdica and making them warriors again. That was their easiest way to, to, to get back their manpower and start rebuilding. Well, that was a genius move. It was um, really interesting having that personal flavor of um, just getting uh, a wolf clan warrior to turn over and you know enjoy being in the Dragoons and then get snuffed out. Because <clears throat> that's that's real life kind of thing. Happens um, quick. The ending of the book, I'm, I we, we shouldn't spoil that because that was just awesome. Well, they shouldn't be listening at this point because yeah, we're we're true. talking about spoilers. <laughs> um, because that was that one. I read that and I and I did the oh. Hack, that's <laughs> that was a gut punch, and I like I like your style, buddy. I like your style. Um, Pretty arrogant of Alaric Wolf to have his own. Have, have a sim- I was just gonna say the exact same thing that you have nine year olds, you know, nine and fourteen year old Sibcos of your genes already, which means. They were done before they took before they set sail for Terra yeah. by by a lot Wait. of years, a lot of years. Way ahead of time. So, <laughs> yeah. Again, I think it goes to it's showing the the, the kind of the mindset of Alaric as well. You know, they're starting to see cracks and kind of some very very similar aspects of stone in Alaric. <laughs> did they say how old the kids were i thought they were nine and 14 i, I thought they were just nine okay maybe i'm missing maybe i'm missing the 14 i know nine sticks out for sure yeah. so that had to be pretty close after he won his blood name be yeah i'd have to go back and look at dates but i mean when you're looking at the 
the timeline on all the decisions that he made independently with whatever he wanted to do. It it doesn't fall out of the realm of weird things that he would start early on. And, you know, maybe maybe Mama Catherine had some tentacles and <laughs> oh, some fingers she probably still, had something uh, had. still <laughs> working there, too, so... What do you think of the cell scenes when he's um, when the I prisoners... thought they were great. I I thought it was the best. I I thought that Kincaid was more identifiable for me than Haya. Um, not that there's anything wrong with her her character, um, but just um, I, I I think that Kincaid had the advantage of the prologue. Um, that prologue was just a total, like, just immediate gut punch of, uh, like, uh, Divided and Hour were both kind of, uh, Wolf's Dragoons, you know, uh, running around being cowboys. And then, uh, that prologue was like, no, this is military, uh, sci-fi. We're bringing it back to military. Um, and Kincaid was like, yeah, no, no, you, you don't get to just run off, abandon me. And then come back with one out of five people and then act like I should be happy to see you. You killed my unit. So it's like, oh, uh, yeah, we we saved Tara, like kind of. But no, yeah, all the birds are empty. (laughs) Yeah, you you killed 80 percent of my my people. So, no, no, it's not okay. So um, makes sense. Somebody had to pay for or several people had to pay for. Hey, you just like decimated our mercenary unit you are going to be held responsible or several of you you're going to be shot tomorrow yeah (laughs) well no i mean there were trials it was civilized um but uh quickly (laughs) uh uh, no i i thought that the the cell scenes were some of the best in the book um um uh, just because it was very personal um, you know, when Kincaid was talking to Brubaker and Cruz for both of them, it, it, it was personal for him. So it was definitely very character driven. Um, it wasn't, uh, well, this battle's got to happen. So this is the way it's going to go. And the characters are kind of along for the ride kind of a little bit. Um, the, you know, the one-on-one scenes, you know, especially when, uh, uh, Kincaid pulls his pistol and is like, Hey, you remember where I got this? You know, and it's like it's just like, oh dang, yeah, just a little little harken back to we got history, and I'm going to uh, uh, use as it. a friend. Yeah, I'm, I, as a friend, I'm giving you this opportunity. If I didn't like you, I wouldn't give you this opportunity. It's like, ugh. But um, yeah, no, I I really enjoyed them. What about? Um... The emergency rendezvous in Savannah and the Free Worlds League. That was interesting to see the political views with um, the Free Worlds League. And hey, let's make a deal. Oh, we'll win the coal. <laughs> How'd you like that scene? <clears throat> or several scenes? I thought it was just very interesting that both houses. Right, both Lyran Commonwealth and the Free Worlds League were 
scared isn't the right word. Maybe where they waited for so long to go Skitt- take those planets. Skittish. Skittish might it might be it. Um, but you know when Oth- I mean I personally I liked Othar's character as well. Um, for the trying to put yourself in his position, right? Being a clan warrior, being left behind, not really getting any communication support after you know they've won Terra, and then being almost left out to dry, and still having the drive and the and the sense of duty to pull out all of the stops that you possibly can do to put together a defensive force for the Wolf Empire out of the sense of, you know, I'm I'm part of Clan Wolf, so we we should do this, even though, you know, it's an exercise in pulling a rabbit out of a hat, right? I I loved hearing that multiple Multiple times, but 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 we're clan. We're, we're we're the old clan. We we're unstoppable, right? Like, no, you're gonna die. <laughs> he had a he had a very very pragmatic um, view and understood the position instead of the wonderlust of being ill clan. He he was still angry, and, and the juxtaposition between the old veteran Sahama compared to the new Rye Star that's got the new ride and position. And their different viewpoints on what do we do now? Yeah, I, re- I think... Oh, go ahead. I, I really like the byplay between him and Radu. And... Him being able to go back, say, when he was of the same age, or you know, in the same time of his warrior life, knowing those same feelings and having the same thought process, and being the older warrior that is tempered and knowing what, being able to recognize that, laugh it off and handle it the way that he did to try and teach Radu instead of just dismiss him, I thought was, again, the, I think the writers in general, last series, you know, the, this last ending of, of Dark Age books have done a really, really good job showing the character of clan warriors instead of just being these mechanical beings that They've kind of been shown to be, you know, outside of, outside of uh, Blood of Krinsk, right? They're very, they don't have a lot of personality. They've been shown to not have that. Or maybe I'm not reading them. The right, stories you're, you're as... cutting in and out, so it's hard to I'll, understand what you're trying to say. I'll stop then. Go ahead. It's it's very interesting. I, I'll pick too. It's very neat to see that, you know, as old as Sahama is you know, teaching Radu, like, hey, we don't need to run down the hill and get one. We can go slowly and get them all. No, 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 no. It's not right. I'm like, you've been around for a week. Good for you. Good job. 
let's stick around for 10 years and you can learn a thing or two about tactics. Like, great, you can use one mech and you can defeat one warrior. How about I teach you to take an entire uh, trinary and we could take worlds? It's that transitioning from, great, you're narrow-focused as an individual warrior using one piece of equipment to win one battle. How about we expand that leadership training to use a trinary of 15 units to take whole cities or continents and use mixed combined arms with artillery, supply depots, actually fix the armor, use your techs. Appreciating a tech was really drawn out in this in this dialogue, and I, I appreciate that stuff. I really do, and we should see more of that. And I think that's a good direction that we're seeing the development of not self-centered clan warriors. Yeah, I. My last parting thing was it was interesting to see how. The old clan warrior <clears throat> is learning how to adapt to the inner sphere life. And the young clan warrior is like, no, we are still clans. And and to see those two kind of butt heads. And ultimately, they both kind of had to meld their way through. And that's what the new inner sphere clans are going to be, I think, is, is a relaxing of the old ways and having to take on new ways, especially now that they're the, the ill clan, you know, and... I think that's what his basis was of getting rid of these old rules. Well, we won. We're the ill clan. We can rewrite the rules now. I think that's what he was trying to. And and, and yeah, again, they weren't, they, they weren't on Terra, so their entire being was being questioned. And maybe that's how we start to run into the two different shifts of divided we fall or divided or um, dominion divided. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be happening all all across the inner sphere. So. Yeah, I, uh, I, I did, um, I, I think that that was, uh, kind of Schmetzer playing to his strength of showing both sides of the conflict, you know, showing Kincaid and Haya, you know, and their struggles and, you know, um, like coach mentioned plot armor. Um, I think that, uh, to, to a degree, yes, but at the same time, Zeta had its growing pains of, um, we don't know how to operate without our recon and uh they they mentioned uh the uh uh operational creep of sending zeta to go take a planet and it's like yeah, no we can't that, that's not us we can't just like go and go and hunt down faster units that we're zeta we're zeta battalion yeah. you yeah. know po point us to an immobile target and we'll go take it for you but you can't just say they're in the wilderness. Go get them, because yeah. we will never get there. Um, Mobility, <laughs> right? Um, we'll get there. I, I, we'll I get thought, there tomorrow. I, I thought that was uh, good. Um, I, I think part. I, I guess my my biggest and only real qualm. Well, two. One is the convenience of the money, which is of course a, <laughs> a thing, but it makes total and utter sense of. With uh, you, you look at uh, Wolf's Dragoon's history with Blackwell Industries, and um, you know Jamie Wolf was a smart guy business wise. So 
I, I felt like uh, what was named Fufu, um, Fufu, Fufu, um, eccentric. I, yeah, he he like while it was a little bit of a oh that's convenient. It was also like it also makes total sense that he's you know showing up and throwing money all over the place because you know a, a couple hundred years later or a hundred yeah. something years later years of interest rates. Right, right, and you know yeah, smart investing, tons of money. Yeah. Um, but I, I I don't know, like honestly, I felt like this was probably the you know one of th- this may this one makes it to on my very short list of Drake best dragoon books um I've, i i i think oh my uh second qualm is i feel like schmetzer leaned into his uh showing both sides maybe a little too much in the middle where he was getting into the secondary wolf characters and their preparations for the dragoons and everything and i'm like yeah i get it like th- 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 this guy's a jerk you know, or this guy's not a jerk and he, you know, he's just trying to do his job. Like I get it, but let, you know, let, let's keep moving here. <laughs> oh, I want to get back to, to, uh, uh, Othar and, and them guys. But I, I mean, yeah, I, I think it was an excellent Dragoon's book, but. Well, I got to head to bed guys. It's late. This is a three hour, <clears throat> three hour podcast. So good for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd like to thank our special guest, Derek. Uh, yes, Pillager thank King. You, Derek. Well, thank you, thank Derek. You. Thank you again, guys. I appreciate it, it. Yeah, not just for coming on, but for everything you do, and for for us, for the community, for I mean, yeah, just uh, kind of jumping in the BattleTech uh, boat when uh, it wasn't so popular. And I'm glad that you're you're here to uh, kind of reap the uh, risky reap the rewards for taking the risk years ago yeah well uh, in back then one of the issues that i was having is trying to track stuff down from honest resellers and that's one of the primary reasons why i founded the company i've always told people i was like look it you know if there's an issue i'll take care of it you you don't want to go to other people that are going to lie to you or cheat you out of your money or you know god forbid take your money and not send you anything or send you something completely just destroyed. You know, it's just, it annoyed the hell out of me. Cause I got a few things like that. I was like, why aren't there any reputable places? Like, Oh, Hmm. Niche. <laughs> right on. Well, right, I appreciate well, it guys. I really do. Thank you. Thank you, Derek. I really appreciate thank everything you. you've done for us. Anytime, man. And that about concludes. So you can contact us at WNRP at WolfStragoons.com. You can find us on YouTube, at Discord, at Patreon, Facebook, Queensboro. And you have a pleasant uh, evening and a awesome tomorrow. You as well, guys. Wolf. Yay. <laughs> Put it in the can. It's dead. Fuck out of here, Craig. You did. You did okay. You did okay. <laughs> yeah, Stay. Craig didn't shut down this time. <laughs> he recorded the whole time. Nice, impressive. <laughs>